0: At Caraba's Italian Grill, people always seem to be saying, wow, especially now because you can take home our delicious saute-to-order spaghetti and homemade meatballs made with our family recipe absolutely free. Homemade spaghetti and meatballs for free? Just wow. Order one of your Carabba's favorites, Chicken Brian, Chicken Marsala, Polo rosa Maria, or our Chicken Trio, and take home made-from-scratch spaghetti and meatballs.
1: For tomorrow night's dinner, free?
0: Wow. Hurry into Carabba's today and get free spaghetti and meatballs for tomorrow. Limited time only, now through May 6th. Carabba's Italian Work Talking about, we'll
2: block this We'll block this up. We'll block this will
3: Freezy, we these, to to All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for once again tuning into the Screaming Boy Podcast. This is episode number twenty-eight, number twenty-eight in season two, or uh, that we are in, or whatever season we're in. Um, we're sporadic, so we do our own thing. So don't judge us. Um, tonight we have, or today, or whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to it live, I am very surprised <laughs> because I did little to no um advertisement for this so if you if you stumble across it welcome um but if you're listening to this on you know on itunes stitcher tune in whatever um thank you once again for you know like i said for tuning in and uh giving us a listen but tonight we're going to, or today we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit about toys r us and um you know a staple of every 80s and 90s child uh, of their childhood you know, you, you remember the jingle, you remember the, you remember the, the, uh, commercials, you remember Christmas time, Jeffrey in his Santa hat. Um, I think he had that, but uh, I, I was, a I was a Hills kid. So, uh, Hills is where the toys are. That's why, you know, anyway. Um, so I've got a panel of experts in the toy area. Um, the eighties, you know, eighties, nineties and toys, uh, with us, as always, uh, is the – I'm going I'm to do a radio broadcasting uh, introduction for you all um, <laughs> and with, with a little bit of Ronnie uh, mixed in here. The disapproving dad, uh, the ever-present Jesse Quincy Starcher.
2: Quincy, <laughs> uh, just call me Q. Jesse Q. Starcher. That's Jesse right. Q. Star- there Starcher. There we go. No, How are you doing tonight? I am, dude. I am excited to be here and discuss to discuss this uh, this sad event that is about to befall our. Yeah. Uh, well, it's up for debate, and I think that's why we're here. So we'll we will be discussing uh, one of the one of the few toy stores that I've had. The chance to visit in the past mm. few years, and that's uh, Toys R Us and its imminent demise. So, uh, thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate
3: it always. Always. Uh, next on the list is um, an expert in his own right, uh, and he and a guest and a, and a favored guest on here. Um, always welcome, and that is totally eighty, totally eighties. Pat Patrick Percival Mullen,
4: and that's the emphasis on Percival. Thank you very much, Ronnie.
3: You are welcome. How are you doing tonight, Pat?
4: I'm doing excellent, sir. I appreciate it. Happy Passover and Easter
3: season to y'all. You as well, sir. All right. Speaking of Passover. <laughs> f- yes, he got it. <laughs> the, the 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 third member on our panel. Uh the the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the patriarch. Of the Radulich and Broadcasting Network, and he is the mandated reporter, and frankly, he is mortified. His name is Mark. I can't think of a really cool metal name, Radulich, (laughs) Esquire. There we go. There we go.
0: It is a rare joy that I get to be on the Screaming Boy podcast and uh, take off my host hat and get just to be a panel member. So I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing our memories and uh, the rise and fall of a great marketplace institution, Toys R Us. Thank you for having me, Ronnie.
3: Absolutely. As always, I mean, like always, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome, all of you. Um, Jesse doesn't have a choice.
0: I'm only coming on when I get to pick the topic. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right.
3: Well, uh, you and uh, I—we our minds became one for a moment, and it was terrifying. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, both of us wanted to do a show uh, on Toys R Us. I was sitting there thinking. I mean, I really want to do a Toys R Us show. You know, just talking about how. Um, you know, my childhood memories of it and everything, and how it's going out of business. Uh, one of my best friends, you know, from back in the day, who actually lives um, uh, up near you, Jesse. Um, he he was a manager at Toys R Us, overnight manager. He knew uh, he knew Chris Parsons before he was Magnum CK. Oh no kidding! Uh, yeah, the whole nine. Um, he worked for Toys R Us. Uh, he he started as a as a stocker and worked his way up to a manager, and he worked there for years. Um, and he had less than favorable things to say about some, some of the things that were going on. Um, he, he actually left and got a new career before, uh, before the, you know, uh, the closing and everything. But, um, let's talk about this. The, the, one of the Titans of the toy, uh, pardon me one. Uh, I, I, if you're listening and I sound like crap is cause I do sound like crap. I have allergies that, uh, that just want to murder me. Um, <laughs> and so we're dealing with that. So I I feel worse than what I sound to you. Um, so I, I'm sucking it up. So you have to as well. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about one of the titans of the of the toy selling industry. We're talking about um, the mecca of all children's you know childhood fantasy. You know you you, you go and you, and there, you open it up and it's a toy. I mean it's a store dedicated to nothing but toys. It's a standalone. It's not your toy store that you find in the mall. It's not the toy section of Walmart. It's anything like that. It is a standalone building filled from floor to ceiling of nothing but toys for you. That's what it felt like for me. So I mean, this was this was wonderful. Um, and it was one of those things where like I mean, even as a, you know, even as a teenager and on, I still went to Toys R Us. I still got to a Toys R Us today. Um, I bought my first Nintendo 64 at Toys R Us um, on my own. And uh, so it was, it was one of those things where, like, Toys R Us has been a big part of, for, I dare say, just about everybody's life. Um, you know, if you grew up in the U.S. in the 80s and 90s. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit. You know, Jesse, uh, what was your experience with Toys R Us uh, growing up?
2: Well, I'm glad you you shot it to me first, uh, because there's really few and far between memories uh, personally. I, our Toys R Us was located at the mall, and I think last time we got together, we were discussing uh, the mall and arcades. Yeah. So Arcade. yep. I, I talked about how it was rare that my parents took me to the mall. Well, uh, Toys R Us was one of those rarities as well. It was Probably, I don't no. honestly know. That was I, it in the mall
3: or was it no, park, like? Well, it yeah, was okay.
2: right across from the mall. Okay. So I'm, I'm talking like same parking lot practically. Uh, and I don't think our Toys R Us got there until maybe the mid-90s. Wow. Uh, I don't remember it being there before then. So I don't think I ever stepped foot in a Toys R Us until I was actually able to drive. Uh, nice. Now, well yeah so i'm you know I'm a late bloomer when it comes to this and I'm certainly the last person that's going to have the most lasting memories uh, of the store itself so the the la the last time or I should say the first time I remember going in there uh, was going hanging out with Golden Age Dave now oh, golden yeah. age dave Golden age Dave had a sixty four as well and we needed to find a Nintendo 64 controller. Now, this was right, if not shortly after they had got released. And if you remember the 64s, I think they came with one controller. Yep. Uh, but we had four control reports. Uh, and we had... He had the just the
3: biggest bu- tease in the world.
2: Oh, dude. He bought Mario Kart. And we would go into the dorm room, and he's playing it by himself because he has one controller. Yeah. I'm like, son, we've got to do something to fix this. <laughs> so, uh, we ended up going down probably we was probably watching a WCW pay-per-view because that was the very few times that they uh Golden Age Dave got down to Marietta but uh he, we were over in Parkersburg hanging out in the mall I was like we were looking for a controller could not find one couldn't find one anywhere and Dave's like well there's a Toys R Us and I'm like dude if we can't find it over here it's not going to be a Toys R Us All right, All right. Lo, lo and behold was was I incorrect uh, so we got in there, and sure enough, we found a, a Nintendo 64 controller and, of course, was playing the 64. Our, our, uh, our education was forever even more stunted as we got uh, Nintendo's, uh, let's see, what was it, WCW No Mercy? WCW, NWO oh, man. Yeah, and played yeah, the absolute... WWF, No Mercy. WWF, I'm sorry, WWF, No Mercy, WCW, NWO Revenge, and I can't remember what the other ones. But WWF, No Mercy was the one that really kind of solidified things to where oh, we, were yeah. just, we were just on that nonstop Mario Kart. But anyway, uh, it was amazing to go into the Toys R Us and see just... It felt like a, a huge... Play place. There like, mm. was toys. Clearly, that's the name of the game. Toys left to right, up and down. You know, shelves stocked clear to the ceiling with toys uh, and stuff you would never even, you never even thought you would have seen or heard of. And that was the place to go. I, I think the first ever time I stepped foot in a Toys R Us was in Columbus. Um, my mom had a sister. So it'd be my aunt. My aunt lived in Columbus and we went up there for, sometimes we'd spend like Christmas up there or something. Sure. Uh, so, we, you know, we'd go up there and there was a Toys R Us. And it was, again, it was a rare thing where they took me into a toy store because they probably knew what they were getting into. Uh, right. You know, when you walk into a toy store as a kid, I mean, I dread going somewhere with my own children. I'm sure my parents did the same thing. They're like, I don't even want to, pull out the pocketbook or pretend I even have money walking into this place.
3: Right. Uh, right. So,
2: but yeah, uh, you know, I'll leave it at that. Those are really my, my core memories of Toys R Us. I, i never really had the opportunity to go to the store a whole lot. So.
3: but cool. I mean, I, I mean, whether you, I mean, we're all kids no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the memories of, of Toys R Us are going to gonna last no matter what, whether, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, that and you having kids, too. Um, you can make some good memories with, you know, Toys R Us there. So uh, I'm going to shoot it over to Pat. Pat, what, what was your uh, what was your first uh, experience with Toys R Us? What was it like?
4: Uh, the, My first clearly remembered experience in Toys R Us would be probably sometime around 1989, 1990. Uh, it was like a birthday, and oh, yeah. I'd gotten, you know, you get the cards from relatives and such, and my parents were like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go to Toys R Us. So I was in awe because... I had always gone to the little local neighborhood toy stores we had and stuff like that. And, you know, you have all the toys in one aisle, basically. But this was an entire store of nothing but toys. So I would go in, and there was legitimately an aisle full of Hasbro WWF toys. There was an aisle full of Toy Biz Marvel toys. There was an aisle full of Kenner DC Comics toys. On top of that, there were rows and rows of bicycles. Yep. And am I alone? Am I the only one who learned how to ride a bicycle by riding it in Toys R Us?
3: <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't learn in the store, but I, I do remember riding them in the store and getting into a lot of trouble.
4: Well, I'm absolutely positive that somebody listening to this show somewhere oh, learned how to ride a bike in the the aisles of Toys R Us. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, but yeah, like there, I just remember being so in awe that there were, and like if you didn't have an aisle, you had an end cap of like Masters of the Universe, the new one yep. where he man had a ponytail.
3: Um, oh, that was the that was the bad one. The
4: one in space, yeah, or yeah, you know, when like toys were getting clearanced out, like they had an end cap of them. So like when they stopped showing Thundercats, like they had all the Thundercat stuff on an end cap on clearance. And, like, I just remember, like, I don't care what was going on. All I ever wanted to do was be there and just be consumed by this. Yep. So, like, my first time, I was just in awe of everything there. And I had a fairly large Toys R Us as my local Toys R Us. It was in a location in Brooklyn called Caesars Bay, which was a huge shopping center where they also opened the first Kids R Us in that location, uh, mm. Toys R Us was there Kids R Us was there There was Modell's There was like
2: a
0: whole ton of stuff there hey, uh, yeah. Gotta go to most
2: Gotta go to Models.
0: Gotta go to most
2: Mos Models!
0: Gotta
4: go to Mo's. Yeah there was all that stuff In this one centralized area I, We're left out <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have it's a clue What you're
3: talking about
4: yeah. okay. Modell's dog- Models <laughs> is one of the last Standing uh sporting goods stores that's left and it's real oh. big here in the upper northeast of the
0: US. That was their uh, jingle. Yeah. I, I wanna know if Pat I, I wanted to see if Pat remembered
3: it. Oh you yeah. figured it was their jingle because you were saying or- I, I didn't he think you just- made that up on the on the on the you know on the spot
0: i,
2: I just was- started singing something random all of a sudden yeah,
3: i was gonna be really impressed if you did make it up on the spot i was like wow
0: hey let the bodies hit the floor come on sing with me no i'm just kidding
3: hey jonas this man died in his own vomit let's Aww. dance
0: ah,,
4: that's what happened
3: uh, right, so this, talking about this. toys
4: and kids and
3: drowning and vomit. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this whole section is getting edited out.
4: <laughs> but no, but then besides that location, the other closest location to me was what they called the flagship store in Times Square. And yep. The flagship store in Times Square in Manhattan and New York was unbelievable when they opened it. Um, and I I first went there when I was like twelve or thirteen. The Freaking big store they had. They had like a full on like wheel like a Ferris wheel in there. Yeah. They had a Jurassic Park set up for girls. They had a life size Barbie house. Like it was insane the money they put into that place. The T Rex They had a live T Rex robot, which was crazy. And that was the first store where they had, to my knowledge, the video game demos that you could play, which also during Christmas season of 2001 made me violently ill, but that's another story.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So uh, see, I, I went to the flagship store in my twenties, late twenties. And it was still like, I was a little kid, you know, I wanted to ride the Ferris wheel, but yeah, I ain't getting on that thing Um, (laughs) for multiple reasons. Um, And you know, the the T-Rex, it scared the crap out of me, but I was smiling the entire time. Because that thing comes down on you, you don't even realize it. It was it was amazing. Um, and then, uh, you know, the whole, I mean, like, the way that they have everything set up is just like, it's like Disneyland. Or Disney World. Everything is, has their own section. You've never seen as many G.I. Joes as, as they had at the end. Transformers, Jurassic Park, Barbie. You know that's the thing about Toys R Us. Toys R Us is one of the last toy stores or toy. Whoa! Right the, the fans back on.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, is it off now?
0: Yeah, it's off. Are you being contacted by somebody from Tron?
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can only hope. <laughs> It'd be
0: amazing. Oh, shit. Tell master control to talk to you when the podcast is over. <laughs> Between Ronnie's
4: random robot interludes and the fan going on and off, I don't know, man. <laughs> robot interludes.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. So, but anyway, okay, Mark, sir, t- tell us your uh, your 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 Toys R Us experiences as a
0: child. Um. Okay, but promise you'll come back to me because I have Toys R Us experiences as an adult. I need to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so as a kid there are there are two one uh, to bribe me to do my schoolwork and to come home with report cards that were appropriate that that were um that met the expectation of my parents, which was basically I had to get all a's and B's or you know I was going to get punished but to but the reward for making all a's and B's in my report card when I was in elementary school was a trip to toys or us because we we didn't believe it or not. We did not have a tremendous amount of money uh, when I was a kid. Mm. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to – I'm gonna, I'm, as I'm starting to talk about this, I'm just thinking – Pat's like, oh, don't, please don't say you were poor compared to me. I'm going to come down to Tampa and kick you squaw in the balls. Not,
4: not compared to me. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you were a kid of a certain religious background in a certain uh, location. That yeah, all implies of us poor exactly kids on Long Island. Island. I'm just saying <laughs> – it, it didn't imply best of times, worst of times.
0: <laughs> I was born a poor black boy in the south side of Chicago. Oh, um, <laughs> But, uh, look, like I said, my parents were not into, believe it or not, folks, my parents were not into spoiling me. And so toys were a rare, special thing. And my dad's thing was, if you do good on your report card, I will take your toys for us and you will get one moderately priced toy. And I was obsessed with Transformers.
3: Oh yeah,
0: like it, you know, it, like if we were on a different Screaming Boy podcast, we could talk about franchises of the '80s and rank them. You know, as our personal best, okay. I would say from you know number one for me was always Transformers, except for Cup because nobody likes Cup. No, um, listen, fight are... Show. <laughs> <laughs> that being said. To go you know, I, would, I really was um, motivated to do well in school at that age because I knew that that trip would, that trip would come, and I would get into the transformer. And I, and I used to love like look, walking down those warehouse aisles, mm. looking at the great collection of various toys and trying to find that one toy. You know, somewhere in the back, the one that nobody else has. I was always looking for something. You know, there was always a million Optimus Primes, but there was only one Hound on the shelf. Yes. That's the one I wanted. That, um, that was the Jeep, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the Jeep. Oh, and, I guess got, got straight like two episodes of the old show, by the way. Like I used to I usually like, hold my hound figure and watch Transformers and wait for Hound to show up. And it was always like, you know, jazz. Jazz was in every episode. Hound, two. Um, you got to get Scatman
3: Crothers on there, brother.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But uh, the other thing I remember, now this is, if you'll remember when the special edition Star Wars movies came out and um, and Han didn't shoot first and we all cried, Mm. Mm. uh, they put out a new line of Star Wars action figures. Yes, they did. Me and my buddy went about collecting one of each action figure. And we learned a lot about, like, toy distribution and production because we would, you know, we would always go to the Toys R Us. Now, my Toys R Us was across the street from the Sunrise Mall in Massapequa, Long Island. Nice. I know it. That was my Toys R Us. And we would head down there. Of course, the other reason being was it was right next door to the Tower Records. Rest in peace. Um, so we would make a trip out of it and we were starting to talk to the Toys R Us people because like, like why is it we can find 106 Princess Leia's and 200 Lon- uh, Han uh, Luke's but we can't find you know like Greedo or somebody like we, we couldn't find these rare figures and they're like yeah, you gotta get here Tuesday morning when the store opens Oh yeah, because that's when the collectors showed up and yep. snatched the hard to find figures we're like, oh, okay, you know. And I remember my friend was like, I'm there. And I'm like, I have to work, fuck this game. And that was the end of my collecting Star Wars figures. But I, I but I vividly remember those trips to Toys R Us, like trying to find rare figures.
2: I heard a, just real quick, I heard a great story about a guy uh, who was who worked at Toys R Us. And a couple of their friends were, uh, Ronnie, you're, you're going to love this. Uh, they would bring in the pops. And there was always the guys that were coming after Mm -hmm. the chase figures, I think is what he called them. Yep. So as, as, they're unloading, whatever onto the shelves, they realize that one of the things that they're unloading is a chase figure. So they take it. And the night before, you know, everything's these chase figures are getting unloaded and the guys are going to show up the next morning. Then he, they go in there and buy the chase figure, and then super glue it to the ground in the middle of the oh. aisle. <laughs>
3: Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the, the pop collector in me wants to scream, but so, that is brilliant.
2: They, I guess uh, they open up the doors, and these guys hang back and watch, and this guy you know, turns the aisle and sees it sitting there like the Holy Grail, takes off running to go grab it. And of course, summarily rips the box in half. Oh
3: no! <laughs> that makes me want to vomit. <laughs> oh. I
0: remember going through like that that collector phase, and just hearing about all the shady tricks. Like cole- like serious collectors would come into Toys R Us, find the rare items, and then hide them in, like in the Barbies and shit like that. Where nobody, you know, where no boy was going to go look. Oh yeah, you know, That I, like, we're, I, I we're do, do that, that now with,
3: with pops. <laughs> I'm, <too crazy. laughs> I'm the guy that
4: all the collectors hated because i'm the guy who would like somehow find that super rare toy that everybody wanted and i just open it and play with it Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> like there i here's my legitimate like collector like story so around 90 98 i want to say was when they released the first ever harley quinn figure and it was from yeah. the batman animated series line so like you would get it in the store at like a retail price of like six ninety nine or whatever, and it had a collector value of like twenty five dollars right off the bat, like when it was first released. So I'm in I'm in the store I'm in Toys R Us out here and in Jersey and Hazlitt. and I see this figure on the shelf, and I'm like, wow, Wizard was just talking about this. Yeah, why not? So I buy it, and it's the only one up there, whatever. A grown man who was like got to be somewhere between 35, 45 is freaking out that I got this figure and pleading with me to give it to him. (laughs) Doesn't saying that I don't understand what I'm doing. (laughs) And I said, sir, I've seen every episode of this cartoon show and I've been an avid Batman reader since I could read. I full well understand what I'm doing with this. And as soon as I get home, she's going to have Robin kidnapped, and Batman is going to have to come to the rescue, sir. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) Eat it, old man. Well, I'm collecting, I I collect, um, I don't collect a whole lot um, other than pops right now. And um, speaking of Toys R Us, there is one, this is like the Holy Grail for people right now. They've released a special edition. Flocked, meaning it has fur on it, fake fur, um, like the moss man, you know, kind of kind of deal going on. Um, Jeffrey the giraffe. Oh wow! Only to Toys R Us. I, I I went into Toys R Us the other day, just looking to see what was you know what was up, and uh, I thought, well, we'll get into that later. Um, and I asked the guy, I was like, yeah, I'm just here, you know, looking at pops and different things, and he goes, yeah, yeah. So we got a few, you know, a few left, stuff like that. I was like, Yeah, you got very little left. Um, we were laughing. I said, Yo, you know, on the twenty fifth, they're supposed to be releasing this Jeffrey the Giraffe pop. And I said, Is there any chance you might be getting a few of those in? And he looked at me and he just laughed. He's like, Not a chance, dude. I was like, Really? He said, Yeah, not a chance. I'm telling you, people on here buy four and five of them at a time yeah, and immediately, I'm like- immediately post them for 50 to $75.
2: Yeah, I'm on eBay right now. I'm looking at yeah. the prices. They're, they're at $75, 70 yep. So
3: Immediately. Yep. And um, wow. so I understand. I just want one. I don't care about the price of that one. I really don't. You just want uh, something
2: to hang on to from your childhood.
3: Exactly. Right.
2: That, that, that's exactly right. This is that's- something that, I mean, I got a few pops, and I think that if – I grew up going into this store, and this was a special release item. I would really want to get a hold of it as well. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of understand the want for that, but
4: uh. is it wrong that I'm hearing Richard Marks in my head singing "Hold On to the Nights"? Nice"? <laughs> no, no <laughs> not at not. all, it's sir.
3: Never wrong that you hear that in your head. I think, it, I think it's wrong you're not singing it
2: right
0: now. Right. <laughs> You know, I know Um, you said Richard Mark, but all I can think of is "Never Gonna Give You Up." Damn it, it's Rick Astley, Mark. It's completely different. I I know it's completely different, but it's what jumped in my head, sir.
3: Uh, Mark just Rickrolled you. (laughs) 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 But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I've got I've almost gotten to physical altercations over these pops. I'm like, dude, it's not that serious. Back up, and uh, you know, it's like if you. Like this one dude, like okay, if off topic, FYE had these special edition Pennywise the clown pops with the teeth bared and all that from the new it movie. Now, I'm a big fan of the old it movie and the new it movie. Um, the old one with uh Tim Curry was honestly what started my um fear of clowns when I was a kid.
1: Yeah.
3: what got me over that. Um, was watching ag- again and realized how ridiculous of a movie it was. Um, still wonderful. Um, st- you know, Tim Curry was amazing, but it was just a <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> it was made for TV. Um, so I got to see the, the the new one, and I loved it because um, it, reminded of, it reminded me of the 80s. I mean, Stranger Things, it was, you know, the whole thing. And one of the kids from Stranger Things was in it. So I was like, I was at FYE, and I was like, there's, you know, I'm going to see if they've got this because FYE is another terrible company. Uh, <laughs> and I say that they're, yeah, they are, they're gone, right? No, they're still, they're still kicking they're still around. They went
2: out of business here in our mall. So yeah, yeah,
3: I think there's one left in Jersey, maybe two. There's one left in Greensboro. One, you know, a couple of them around kicking around. This is so one so. of that's
2: one of those companies where I was just like, good riddance.
3: Yeah. Go ahead uh, terrible customer service. And, you know, so they kind of screwed me out of, you know, pre-ordering this one. So I went on a whim and I found two of them in the same day. I was like, Oh, sweet. So I grabbed them both. And I was like, this one I can give to a friend who's been looking for it. Or if he's already got one, I'll just pop it on you know eBay and sell it, whatever. You know, I'll give it away, whatever. Not a big deal. You know, it's, it's worth like 30 bucks now. And, um, so if I can make a couple of bucks off of it, that's fine. If not, you know, my friend will give me what I paid for it and we'll call it even. So this guy was looking for the same one and I had both of them in my hand and FYE doesn't like to, um, organize anything at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they were all strewn out. So I was helping him look for them, and then I realized, oh crap, I got two of them in my hand. It didn't hurt me a bit to give that other one to that guy. And he was like honestly shocked. He's like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much." It's like for what, dude? I don't need both of these, you know? It's it's a toy. It's a it's a figure. So that's kind of like where I am with collecting stuff. You know, I started a little bit of uh, collecting a little bit of transformers that I couldn't get when I was a kid. Um, now that I have a job that I can actually spend a little bit of money, um, you know, they're just lining my bookshelf in my in my office. And uh, so it's just one of those things where. I'm not willing to pay $40, 50 $60 for something. Um, but, you know, if it's something special, I may. And I'm not going to fight somebody over it. And I think gluing one of them to the floor is hysterical. (laughs) Even though I collect them, and and, and inside I kind of want a nerd rage on them. Uh You don't understand what you're doing.
2: Well, dude, if somebody did that with like you know Spider-Man 129 or something, like if Uh I ran, oh my gosh, there it is, and you go and grab it, and the whole cover comes off the comic and rips in half. (laughs) I mean, I'm I I would fall to the ground.
0: I know you would be in tears and it would be horrible. I would, but I would hope that I would be right there to laugh my ass <laughs> off at that.
4: Yeah. I mean. well, it's like, uh, again, like the, when, uh, when they released the Rocky toy line in like 2006 or so, when the movie Rocky Balboa came out, those were like figures I was anticipating buying a couple of them, you know, because I thought yeah. I was always a fan. So I would go into Toys R Us to pick up those and I looked at one of the figures and I laughed at it because I was like, "Why would you ever do this?" Yeah. Do you know what figure it was? The meat. It was the meat, wasn't it? It was absolutely the meat, and it was like that was like <laughs> the cheapest one. It was like it, I think all the regular fi- figures were retailing somewhere around like twelve ninety nine. The meat was like six ninety nine. Yes. Go on Amazon and look at how much that meat costs today. It's probably like close to hundred bucks now. Amazon's listing it as fifty four ninety nine right now.
0: <laughs> okay, action figure of meat. Perfect. The meat. Uh, work the meat. Work the meat. But so, but, Ronnie, uh, I know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Pat.
4: Uh, no, go ahead, Mark. I, I-, I was going to move on to something else, but go ahead.
0: I was going to say, like, I know I tease Ronnie all the time about collecting pops, but my daughter's got two of them. Uh, she's got an Alice in Wonderland pop, and she's got a Poison Ivy one. And are you know- they out of the box? She's seven, so figure it out.
3: Oh, you
2: (laughs) son of a gun.
3: (laughs) No, no. I've got three of them out of the box sitting on my desk at work. Dude, she's a kid. She plays with them.
4: I own one pop, and it's out of the box, and it's Macho Man Randy Savage. Nice. That sits on my desk. Oh, yeah. but Okay. Okay. Well, like, Uh, you know, before we uh, get super off track, which we already are, yeah, but there, it's there's fun. Two, there's two Toys R Us specific things I really want to bring up because we have to talk about
3: them. One would be the Wish Book. Now, that was more of a Sears thing, wasn't it? No. No, no. Toys R Us had the Wish Book. Huh. Are we,
0: talking, you like a are we talking like a service merchandise catalog? Because that's what I remember as a kid. It yeah. was...
2: I was watching a few things today, and they were talking about that. That was – and I, Ronnie, it might be one of those things where we just didn't see it.
3: Yeah, I didn't have
2: it. We, because we didn't have one in our area or close enough to our area anyway. Going to doing a podcast here, if you don't mind.
3: I'll be back. Bye. Nice. <laughs> I, I just remember this. Bye. <laughs> I just remember the Sears uh, wish book. I don't remember the uh, Toys R Us one. Oh no, Mark, do you remember that? Vaguely.
4: Yeah, it was a it was a basically like a, a fifty to sixty page catalog that you would get in the mail, address not addressed to you personally, but like you know resident of whatever, and it was fifty. Oh, resident
3: to, had Ronnie Adams written all over it.
4: Yeah, I figured. <laughs> but it was fifty to sixty pages of stuff that they had and stuff that was coming for the Christmas season.
0: I almost yeah. I could almost guarantee that if we had that sent to the house it was so my like I said my problem is the Sears catalog and the service merchandise one were the ones that I remember vividly looking through like like spending hours looking through these catalogs. And I can remember like my excitement of you know turning each page, like, oh, what new toy is gonna to be on the next page? How cool they're gonna look. Like, Hang yeah. on. And then like you get to the sporting goods section or the like men's clothes, you're like, ah, yeah. I, you yeah. know, was, was, I've run out of nude pictures in the porn. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny because like I watch my daughter now like flip through like the American Girl catalog with the same amount of enthusiasm and intensity. I mean, yeah. she looks she looks at that that American Girl catalog, like she's studying for the SATs. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs>
4: well, well like this, the book though, like the, the best part of the book was it would, that was at one point in time, your only resource, your only resource to see the new stuff that was coming from the toy lines. You already liked, like this would show you what like the Stratos from Masters of the Universe toy would look like before you ever even knew it was coming out. Yeah. Or, it would show you the new line of wrestlers that were coming out from Hellman or Hasbro before you even knew. Or, like, uh, if there was, like, a a playset, it would show you the playset. It would show you new bikes that were coming in. It was unbelievable.
2: I would say that one of our highest-rated videos, Ronnie, when we were starting to do mm-hmm. some of the stuff on Google Hangouts and YouTube and source material, was one where me, you, and Justin and, – uh, The guy from our our good buddy, uh, oh help me out here! Why would I forget his name? Because I'm put on the spot. But uh, our good buddy from the uh, toy thing that's on Facebook is that general enough?
3: (laughs) Yeah, there you go, there you go. Are Uh, are we talking about uh, the uh, Dave's All American Comics? Yeah, Dave's All American Toys
2: and Comics. Comics. Anyway, the highest, the high, one of the highest most viewed videos was us just going through like 1980s wish books. Yeah, uh, and that people love that stuff to this day. Looking at those toys, flipping those pages and checking it out. There's a great website that's just dedicated straight to the Sears wish books. You can go back and pick any year and look at it page for page in PDF format, if I remember correctly. So check it out, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's a way to go back down down the old nostalgia
0: road there. What's up at, Christ- at Christmas time? I usually spend the entire um, like Christmas Day and the next day at my in-laws. Um, we used to actually sleep over there because Christmas Day would start because of my because even though my brother-in-law was in his twenties, he still acted like he was um, seven years old. And we had and we started Christmas morning at like five o'clock in the morning. Um, now part of this is because my in-laws. Tend to spend thousands of dollars on Christmas, and it takes a few hours to dig through the piles of presents. Um, yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, but I, like I said, I spend the entire week, uh, the entire couple of days at my in laws, and one of the things that I have found that I still enjoy doing is now they don't, we don't really have catalogs anymore, the age we're living in, but we still have flyers. You know, we still have the inserts in the in. I'm gonna say something. You might not know what I'm talking about because it's uh, it's becoming extinct. But the newspaper, no, <clears throat> the throat> physical newspaper. My in laws still get the Tampa Bay Times, and in the in in the Tampa Bay Times, there's an insert um, for like Walmart and Target or whatever. And I still flip through the toys. I still enjoy looking and seeing what toys are out there. You know. Um you know, having kids, I'm interested to see what what's there for them to play with and what they like to play with. And I don't know, I still I still get a I still get a rise out of just looking and seeing you know what in the world, what what's being made in the world. What what, what do the kids play with now?
2: Well, yeah. One of the highest paid or I guess I should say one of the highest rated YouTube video or YouTubers out there is just some lady that opens up blind bags and looks at toys. And the reason that is is because kids and it's not news. It's not paper anymore. It's all watching it on their phones and checking that, uh, checking out the new toys that way. But it, it's just looking at what's coming up toy wise. It's still, it's still a very popular thing. It's just the method is different.
0: Oh God, the kid, those those toy unboxing videos. Yeah. First of all, the kids making them are making are making boom dollars. Yeah. And the kids watching them, it's unbelievable. They'll just watch. My daughter was into that for a while. Hours and hours of watching other people open toys. You ever just want to hit your kid? Like, yeah. not that because they're being bad. I want to hit like, your kids all the time. I'm <laughs> um, sure you do. There are, like, I watched her. Like, this is what you. This is what you're going to spend your time doing is watching unboxing other kids playing with toys. This makes me want to hit you.
2: Each one of those is a you, Mark Radlich, and you're helping. Uh, you're, you're helping pay for that kid's college. Way to go. Nice job. Also, just, just a heads up, uh, since I brought up the
4: Rocky series, I decided to look at some of the figures. The Frank Stallone figure.
3: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is $100. Whoa.
4: So, good on you, Frank. You're finally worth something. Uh, the other yeah. thing we're talking about, wish books, but there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Now, we live in the age of the gift card or the e-gift card. Yep. Before there was such a thing, you could go to Toys R Us and get what's called Jeffrey money.
0: Yes. Funny money, we say in the strip club world. Yeah, go you forward. guys might not
4: be familiar with this, having not really gone to Toys R Us all that much. But there was a thing called Jeffrey money. And basically what it was was if you needed to get a gift for a kid or something but you wanted to seem like you care and put some thought (laughs) into it, (laughs) you would go to Toys R Us and you would say, yes, hello, I'd like $50 worth of Jeffrey money. And you'd give them $50 at the customer service desk and they would give you a $50 bill with a giraffe on it. And Toys R Us basically started the in-store currency brand that so many stores do now where before there was gift cards or gift certificates, there was Jeffrey
2: money. That's good branding. I mean, when you put your jet, you put your giraffe on a a dollar bill. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. That's good stuff. I mean, the kids, the kids are definitely going to be excited as soon as they see it's, Jeffrey on a $50 bill or whatever. You Throwing know where Jeffrey you're going, in. and you know what you're getting. And Throwing
4: you're Jeffrey excited. money
0: in the air like you just don't care. Make it rain. <laughs> Make it rain. The, fun
4: <laughs> the funniest part of Jeffrey money was that if you notice on one particular birthday or Christmas or what have you, that year, one year, you got a lot of Jeffrey money, and then you never got it again. Mm-hmm. Because you had the one relative that said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna pick this up for him at Toys R Us." You'd have the other relatives say, "Oh yeah, can you do the same for me?" Yep. And that was the end of it. So you'd have, you'd get, you know, five or six greeting cards with like each of them anywhere from like, if you had a sucky relative, ten Jeffrey dollars. Right. An awesome, right. an awesome relative, like fifty to a hundred Jeffrey dollars in it.
0: Just as an aside, can we all agree that the one relative, usually an aunt or a great aunt, that gave you a bond for your birthday or for Christmas, you just wanted to kick down a flight of stairs? Yeah, like, oh yeah, this'll be awesome when I'm twenty-three. I'm
4: six. I can't process
3: that. <laughs> I can't I
0: don't even know I what to I can't process is. that. Oh my gosh. A, it was, it was, I remember getting a bond from the first time from my great aunt Pat and turning to my parents going, What the fuck is That's I'm two. sorry? Damn it. That's two. Like, I've already been given a warning. That's why I'm censoring myself. We've officially, we've officially gone into rated R territory.
1: <laughs>
0: Not um, surprising. All right, take, all right uh, for the sake of editing, three, two, take. Every, um, I remember turning to my parents, and being, "What in God's green earth is this? Is it, this looks like weird money?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Don't, don't. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be unappreciative."
3: It was the uh, it was the pink bunny or the, uh, the pink bunny suit moment in uh, Christmas you know Christmas story
1: yeah, yeah
3: except um, of this would be great I can't process this I'm six <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then um,
4: oh man like forget it, if you like accidentally like spilled something on one or whatever oh it was the end of the world oh, that was your yeah, college education going down the drain <laughs> like that. no more
2: interest now.
3: When yeah, twenty five dollar like, bond uh, you got when you were six now is worth twenty four dollars at twenty yeah twenty four dollars. <laughs> That's my, awesome. My, my it went down. The,
0: my favorite thing was the explanation of listen. I know this doesn't seem exciting to you now. You know when you're six. But when this matures and you're able to catch it in your 20s, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And then, like, that day finally comes, and it isn't worth nearly as much no. as you were promised. Yeah. You really are ready to just punch the nearest person can find in the nose.
3: I, my grandpa did it in, in secret. He didn't tell us about it. He just did it. And then one day, you know, he after he passed away, my mom's like, man, you got all, this, all these bonds in here. You're like $100 here, $50 there. And I'm like – Let's, let's cash those beasts. I'm in college. I need some money. Yep. And, uh, so I was thankful for it then. I didn't but, even get uh,
4: mine till after college. How bogus is that?
3: <laughs> I, I was in college a little longer than, than most. Um, I was, I was not. Yeah. I was just like, I should have been a doctor with the years that I went. <laughs> um, but yeah, I pulled a full on Tommy boy. Yeah. A lot of yeah, people yeah. go to, ch- a lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah. They're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Toys R Us, man, because I, I just remember, I remember all the other toy stores that, you know, that were cool. You know, you mentioned the local toy store. We had one toy store that, it lasted a pretty good long time, you know, down in Chapmanville, West Virginia, a small town toy store. You know, I remember getting $5 for doing some yard work when I was a little guy, you know, and, uh, probably didn't do anything, probably put, you know, like some leaves in a wheelbarrow or something. And, um. And my dad gave me five bucks. I was like, let's go. Let's go down to the toy store, man. And uh, he's like, all right, let's go. And I I bought absolutely nothing because they were so expensive there. Um, But, uh, you know, I was looking at this, you know, uh, Batman, um, the Batmobile uh, for the old school uh, DC, you know, superpowers, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, well, that's a lot of leaves. So um, we'll go with this little mask figure over here that doesn't do anything. But uh, um,
2: points of articulation,
3: no points of articulation. (laughs) Um, But uh, so I did, you know, I got that, uh, you know, we we had that toy store and then you had KB toys and um, a few other toy stores that were mostly in malls. And then, uh, you know, and then there was this one place that I never really went to in Huntington because we never really went to Huntington, West Virginia when I was a kid It was always Charleston. Um, it was called Children's Palace. Yeah, yeah, and it had the you know it it seemed like the place other than Toys R Us because it had the uh, it had the the castle. Uh, um, what's what's it called? The uh, things on the end that you look off of them and throw lava onto people and stuff. I mean boiling oil. Um, I won't call them turrets, but they're not. Um, I, I have no idea. No, no it's it, it's the top of a castle. Okay, you know. Anyway, I, you I walk, know where we're you're at. Uh, yeah, treffle. yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but it was wooden. You know, that I found that out when they tore down uh, Children's Palace. I was like, well, that's disappointing. And um, but uh, that was pretty cool. But they had more, you know, than you had like in New York. They 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 did more of the uh, the F A O Schwartz thing. You know, Which was the, the,
4: the, the us eventually bought. Yeah.
3: yeah
0: when FAO Schwartz, Schwartz
4: was a thing, did you ever go there? Yeah. Um. I And then later on when I was working in Manhattan, I actually worked around the corner from the FAO Schwartz store. But um, it was one of those things where, like, if you're ever in the city as a kid, like most of the times when we went to Manhattan as a kid, it was either because we were going to Madison Square Garden to see, like, the Knicks, the Rangers, or the WWF, or, you know, like it was one of those things where, like, your cool older cousin wants to take you out and you end up in Midtown, you know, seeing the sights or whatever, and you end up going there, and you do the Robert Loja, Tom Hanks on the piano. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i tell you, but I mean, dude, I always thought F.A.O. Schwartz was just a world-class disappointment because it looks amazing. It looks like you're going into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. What? You know, it's like this, it's like this amazing place of wonderment. It has, like, three toys for sale. Right. And, and, it looks beautiful, though.
4: It wasn't even that for me. It was just the toys they had. I didn't give a crap about, like, yeah. I didn't I've want, never... like, a giant teddy bear that was three feet tall. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted you know, like, I wanted my Hasbros. I wanted my, my you know, my WWF, my superheroes. What you you know,
0: like, like I, I've seen more toys than Ollie's. Than than what was sold here, like it would be like if if there was a line of toys, they'd have like three of them, and that was it. But boy, was there a giant slide and a you know and and a and a a ten foot tall teddy bear.
4: Yeah, like it was that was what like rich people who didn't know what to do with their money and had kids like that's what those kids got. Like that was for them. That wasn't for me. I I was a person who was just ready to book his wrestling federation with his toys and write his comic storylines and occasionally get like a catcher's mitt or something from there, whatever. I didn't want any of the crap on F.A.O. Schwartz. I thought it was lame. All all F.A.O. Schwartz was good for was doing the thing from big when you did the piano with your feet. And they
2: and a lot of times, <laughs> all, you're you you do that. A, all you're good for is a five-minute scene in a movie. Yeah,
4: and they'd kick yeah. you
0: out a lot of times if you tried it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, FAO, F.A.O. Schwartz was definitely like a rich person's experience because like if you were just an average kid and you were thinking you were like but that's the thing if you've never been to an F.A.O. Schwartz before and now you'll never have the chance to but if you've never been to an F.A.O. Schwartz when the first like you just think like it's going to have toys you've never seen before you know because again it's like the high class richy rich toy store and it really does it looks beautiful It's like, it's like you know, it's like a castle on a cloud and then, right. like, when you start to look at the actual toys they have, you're like, well, this is a huge rip. And now I'm being jostled by old Jewish <laughs> women in furs. This sucks. I'll yeah. go back to my warehouse. Thank you. O- honestly, I, I like piss,
3: piss on FAO Schwartz. I don't want wooden soldiers and stuff like that. I want, yeah, I want G.I. Joe with the guns and the kung fu, kung fu grip. I want, you know. I want. Dude, like, they didn't even have, like, regular stuff. Like, they didn't have super soakers there. No. no. It, I
4: mean, it was great. It was lame, like, Christmas-themed crap in July, and, like, it was awful. Like, what kid I mean, wants that?
3: And that's the why we it? call Toys R Us the mecca of, you know, of Toy buying. I mean, that's where you went to get the toys. You know what? Kids yeah. who
4: went to FAO Schwartz, honestly, they were the kind of kids who called, like, grandma and grandpa, grandmama, grandpapa, like, go to hell.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, that's amazing. Um, sorry, I keep muting because I'm having a coughing fit, and I apologize. Or
2: hacking cough. But
3: yeah, um, if y'all, I hope y'all can't hear me because I keep hitting mute. You're good. But, um, but yeah, okay. So we have, you know, KB was was pretty cool, but it was too small. Uh, FAO Schwartz was lame. Um, and you, and you know, you didn't get as many toys, you know, in your big box stores like Walmart and stuff like that. So we have this, we have the end all be all of toys. You know, you walk in and this is geared towards kids. You know what I mean? You walk in and, and it's just, it's, you, you're walking into Christmas basically. And, uh, you're looking around you have different sections. You've got the dolls here. You've got the action figures here. You've got the Legos here. Why in God's name did they go out of business? I mean, this is, you know, this is something that, that I mean, in my opinion, is needed in the world. Every kid should have that moment, should have that, that one defining, yeah, whether you're a teenager or whether you're a kid or whatever, you should have that defining moment of walking into a toy store saying, oh, my gosh, this is, this is where I belong, basically. This is, this is what it's about right here. This is great. You know, um, I've had that several times, and
0: you'll see. Sorry,
3: go ahead. Right? No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you walk in; you, they should play that song every time you walk in. And um, by the way, that's in uh, Ready Player One. I saw that the other night, and it is amazing. Um, but uh, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, it's needed. In in and, and every child should have that moment of walking into the store and going, "Oh my gosh, this is this is it. This is just for me." Why? Mark, we're going to start with you because I know you're pretty passionate about this. Why did they go out of business?
0: The official reason Toys R Us gave for going out of business was they uh, they took out millions and million dollar loans, which uh, whatever money they did make, and there was a point where Toys R Us had reinvented itself and was um, starting to rehab its stores and therefore its image, and was able to actually make some money. People, you know, people were still coming going there and buying toys despite the other reason we'll get to in a second, uh, unfortunately, like anybody else, even if you're getting paid a lot of money, if you have a lot of debt, you're, all that money goes to the debt and it doesn't go to anything else. I'm sure you know us middle-class guys can
3: all identify with that. Oh, absolutely.
0: So, um, so Toys R Us wanted to make their stores uh, destinations for the birthday parties and create play areas for kids to... You know, play uh, play with their toys because that leads to people, you know, buying stuff. And all right, Jesse clearly just posted something on YouTube for me because I'm getting a whole bunch of copyright notices. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Welcome back, Baby Metal. (laughs) Um. Anywho, but so that was part of it. It was instead of being able to reinvest in their stores the way they wanted to, and really, you know, and be competitive with the internet. Uh, and the internet shopping experience, they all all the money just went into uh, paying the debt. And I don't know if you've had this experience as an adult with dealing with Toys R Us employees, but here's the thing. And, and, and this is going to be a, a broad statement, but it definitely applies to Toys R Us. At this point, if you go into a brick-and-mortar store to buy something, you want the people in that store to be... It, to have like a specialist knowledge of the products or at least be able to tell you if they have more of a product in the store. Right. If your if you go to somebody and say, hey, do you have any more of these or do you have something like it? Or hey, have you heard of this thing that I'm trying to buy find for my child or for somebody or you know, for some other kid's birthday or whatever? And they just stare at you and go, uh, I don't know, man, whatever we have on the shelf.
3: Fuck you. Um <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's three if we're counting.
1: Woo! <laughs>
3: At least I'm that trying That was a good day. one, too. Oh, you try, me. man. I want you to be yourself, Mark. I really do. <laughs> to heck with you. Um, to Haiti, states for,
4: for the record, I haven't had to be censored once tonight.
3: <laughs> it's very true. Yeah,
2: Tell us that him. pirate story again, Pat. A no. No. <laughs>
0: That's a better guess than me. Um, but, no. I, one, two, three. To hell with you! I'll just go on Amazon. I'll get the same level of service, and you know, and not nearly as much aggravation. And I think that's ultimately the, the issue here. Is the whole world changed with the advent of the internet and the internet shopping experience? You know, the fact that you now no longer have look, Toys R Us isn't carrying anything that Amazon isn't carrying. Okay, there's no right. reason to go to a Toys R Us anymore unless you physically want to. Uh, you know, walk around and touch things and have that tactile experience. Or you know, maybe you need to maybe you need to buy a bike. Outside of that, uh, there's no reason to go to Toys R Us anymore, and so people stopped going because again, you didn't have that customer service experience. There was no there was no reason as a destination to go there. Uh, you know, like birthday parties and things like that. I mean, there's a reason why as as much as half the games don't work, people still have their parties at Chuck E. Cheese. Right.
4: Um, well, and can we talk about one of the larger entities as far as Toys R Us accruing massive debt? Go
1: uh-huh. ahead.
4: Yeah, that would be Bain Capital. Well, Expound. All right. Well, for those who don't know what Bain Capital is, uh, Bain Capital is what you call a venture capitalist group. And what venture capitalist groups do is. They buy majority ownership of a particular brand or or a particular organization. And unfortunately, a lot of times their intentions are not honorable. What they say is they want to do this and this and this and reinvest in this, and we're going to bring the business up again. And in reality, what they do is they use the credit established through this business to borrow and borrow and borrow and take that money and fund it into other ventures that they have lined up or into shell accounts and corporations that are really just essentially uh, substitute bank accounts for the primary shareholders. And once there's no more credit left to be had or anything like that, the business that accrued all this debt is either sold outright sold off in parts or closed up and the former locations are sold or rented or what have you. And that's one of the things that Bain Capital is notorious for doing to businesses they've been involved in. Um, Another example of them would be Sports Authority, which is what they did to that uh, particular brand. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So what – okay – Here's the other question uh, that I'm that I, that I have, and I'll admit that I, I I didn't do much reading on this. But why in the world did Toys R Us, being you know being the 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 powerhouse that they were with toys, why in the world did they need to borrow all that money? I oh. oh. I don't know if I'm going
2: to be able to explain it right. I mean, <laughs> I watched a lot of, can you
3: do it without swearing?
2: Uh, well, I, that I can try for sure. Uh, Mark.
3: Oh my um, goodness. I'm God. sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm trying.
3: <laughs> I'm taking up for you, Mark. No, here's,
2: here's what I heard. Uh, this happened back in 2004, between 2004, and 2005. So, I don't understand why they did it, though. I think somebody approached them and said, "Hey, look, you know, we want to buy, we want to buy Toys R Us," which I believe is Bain Capital, possibly at this time. I don't have the timeline in front of me. I do know it was between 2004 and 2005 because this guy showed an, he showed a timeline of their debt. Okay, and you'll see between 2004's debt and 2005's debt goes up by like $300 million, I believe. Maybe even more than that. Um, but it goes up a significant amount, and it jumps within that year. Because at that point, somebody comes and offers Toys R Us to buy Toys R Us. Uh, but they say, okay, well, hey, we want to buy the company from you. And in order to do that, they had to get loans from banks. Now, Pat might have just done explained all this better than I'm going to, but it, I think it all ties in together. So they had to get this money from the banks. All right. And the bank said, well, you, you know, we need collateral. So the person that's buying this says, hey, well, OK, if you're the collateral is going to be Toys R Us. The, th- the very thing that you're buying becomes your collateral, uh, which then puts you into debt. Even more. And what you've got to do is you've got to try and turn this business around, make it very successful in order to pay back your debtors. The problem is, is that when you incur all this debt and now you are kind of in a stranglehold to where you can't take money, you're too busy paying off all your debtors in order to focus stuff on like 2004, 2005, the internet age is there, but your internet your your website sucks.
3: Oh, their website is a nightmare.
2: And they said they could not funnel any money into keeping up with staying
3: above. Motorship is calling. <laughs> Hello? This is master control.
2: <laughs> they couldn't they could not stay they, they couldn't take money and and put it towards Pat Mullen. Is that fan on again? Uh, no.
4: This time it's something else. I'm okay. trying to figure it out as we go. <laughs> all
2: right, I'll, I'm I'm bearing with it. Um, but no, they couldn't take that money. Instead, they were paying back all their debtors, and they had they couldn't focus it on becoming a a, a better competitor when it comes to online shopping or a better competitor and, and put money where it was at. One of the guys I was watching today said, "Imagine if they could have took four hundred million dollars a year, because that was one of the figures that they threw out. They were paying, they're paying." Debtors, I think it was a year, four hundred million dollars a year, to try and stay afloat. Imagine if they didn't have to do that, but took that money and instead invested it into the business and and changed things around to where they could compete. They did, mm-hmm. they couldn't do that. So as things progress, years go by, all they can do is just stay afloat and keep paying this debt. Now, as to, I, I assume what originally had happened is a guy come to buy the business and toy, whoever was in charge of Toys R Us at that time sold it off. So we never saw, you know, at, at that time we didn't know, at least I didn't know that that was going on. Toys R Us was Toys R Us. Toys R Us remained the same brand. Uh, mm-hmm. but all this stuff was changing behind the scenes. So this started, you know, this whole series of events started 12, 13 years ago. Uh, so, and it's sad because it just continues to – it just continued to snowball. But it was right there between 2004, 2005 where that sale happened, that amount of debt increased dramatically, and then they just couldn't get out from under it. Uh, so
0: or- – I think, you know, the to- Toy R Us is one of those in the canary in the coal mine um, stories. of uh, If you don't – if you can't properly prepare for uh, – the change in technology, you know, the, the change in the, um, the consumer space, you you, you, you start to fall behind and then it's very, very hard to break that cycle. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think you also
4: hit on another key point earlier, which is the entire draw at that point, when you have online retailers like Amazon, uh, the online variations of the company itself, like shopping on toysrus.com or com or whatever, Your one key area that you can always compete with them is your service. Right. Yeah. And now, again, this is a two-edged sword because on one hand, you have people working what's generally a non-skilled labor job, so you don't want to pay them handsomely, we'll say. On the other hand, if they're getting paid minimum wage to do a minimum wage job, and they're not motivated to move up within the company infrastructure. They're not really that motivated to do that much of a job at the money they're making.
0: Right. It, you know, it goes it goes I, both ways. I want to piggyback on that because I want to talk about two different shopping experiences that are that we can I think relate to now. Because uh, again, I remember, two, I remember two shopping experiences in my twenties when it, the world hadn't changed. Totally yet. I mean, you know, now, so we're talking the late 90s here, early 2000s is my early 20s. Okay, I'm going to be 42 uh, this year, just to give you a timeline. And one of the great joys of my life at this time was to go into a Tower Records, as I said before, Tower Records had listening stations, which meant, you know, you could go, you could try out a uh, an album, and if you liked it, you bought it. But the other right. thing that Tower Records did, which made the shopping experience enjoyable for me and why I would go there and maybe not, you know, when they still had these, like a Sam Goody, you know, mall, mm-hmm. was they specifically hired people who were knowledgeable about movies and music. So when you went in there, they were all happy and willing to talk to you for hours yep. Yep. about music and movies. And I remember I bought stuff, because they said, "Oh, you like you like this? Well, you should check this out." And I bought a lot of stuff off of a Tower Record recommendation. I bought a lot of stuff because I spent hours at the listening station giving things a try. So, with that 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 element was a draw for me to come to the store. Look, I didn't need to go to a Tower Records as often as I did. I went because I enjoyed the experience. Right. Go to a comic book store now most of the comic book stores are mom-and-pop stores. There isn't, like, you know, comic books aren't really sold in, like, big-box uh, franchise-type uh, places. You know, the only place where you can find them in that kind of an atmosphere is, like, a Borders Books or a Books-A-Million. I'm um, sorry. Um, Borders is gone. Uh, Barnes & Noble. Barnes and & and Noble. Yeah. Barnes & Noble and, and Books-A-Million. At least those are the two out near me. Um, other than that, all the comic book stores are mom-and-pop places because uh, also they don't sell them
3: at 7-Elevens anymore either. Right. They don't sell them at grocery stores or anywhere like that. Right. So when
0: you walk in there, nobody owns a comic book store and doesn't know their material. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Every, every comic book store owner you know, is fully aware of what's going on in a comic book, is a fan, reads some of the stuff themselves. And you know, the, the two places that I buy comics for here in Tampa, I can go in there and actually talk to those guys and again, I, you know, I can get, based on the conversations we're having, I end up buying something that they pointed me to if I didn't have a shopping agenda to begin with. And that ultimately is where Toys R Us missed the point. Yeah. Is that if they had had people who were really engaged in what they were selling, really knowledgeable, and were able to talk to the customers, people would have gone back for those experiences. But if, you're, but if but if, I can walk into a Toys R Us and get the same shopping experience that I get at Walmart, probably even less so because at least some people at Walmart tend to be friendly, I mean, then why bother going to a Toys R Us? I'll just order it off of Amazon. It'll be cheaper.
4: Right? Yeah, agree agree, 100%. I mean, the company I work for now, and for those who don't know or maybe listening for the first time, I work in the grocery retail spectrum. I'm in the management tier of a company called Wegmans. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Wegman's preaches, preaches, preaches out what we call incredible customer service. Wegman's pays you a good deal more at various levels than any of the competing markets, like a Shoprite, uh, you know, Kroger, anything like that, because they want to motivate you to provide this service, and they feel that paying you to do so is the right thing to do. the The business model and the hiring practice shows that to be accurate for them. However, that's the business model they've set and worked with for going on 100 years now. Mm -hmm. When you have to try to change that culture in an established company like Toys R Us, it's impossible. Because what you're doing is you say to the employees, hey, we're going to reinvest in this and we're going to give you this, this, and this. Well, you're going to have resentful employees who've maybe been there in their part-time role doing whatever for, you know, we'll say seven years, what have you. And all of a sudden they're going to start bringing people in and paying them at the same rate that this person who's been there for seven years is at. Well, that doesn't motivate you to work any harder because this person just came in and they're already starting where you work to be at.
3: Yep. Right.
4: That's a big slap in the face. So in that proposition, you're fighting uphill to begin with and you can armchair quarterback this any number of ways you could say, Oh, well, they could have invested more. And, in, you know, Mark talked about the listening stations. The most comparable thing you had in Toys R Us were the video game stations um, where they would have, you know, a console set up with a demo version of a game that come out on a PlayStation or a Nintendo 64 or a
0: Dreamcast. Dude, how, about, how about just a play area? How about literally just an open play area with toys that you're selling for, like, kids like my son who is, uh, you know, old enough to play – And, you know, old enough to, like, play around and play in parks or whatever, but isn't quite old enough for school yet. I I want to talk about this a little bit later as far as, you know, memories and attachments to the place. But, you know, I used to take Jonas almost on a weekly basis on my days off when it was just the two of us to Toys R Us. And I'll talk a little bit about some of that later. But one of the things that would have been great for him and for me as a parent would have been if there was a free play area within Toys R Us. Well, I probably would have bought more stuff if that had been the case.
4: And piggyback, <laughs> piggybacking off of that, okay, there's if you go to Home Depot on a weekend, or if you go to Target on a weekend, a lot of times what they do is have an active activity involved for kids and parents to take part in. Whether it's painting something or showing them how to build something, whatever. Yeah. Or you know, my my local Target this past weekend did an event with Hatchimals, which are like. A hot toy for kids now. Yeah, um, they are. yeah, which I don't get, but whatever. I'm not a kid. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'm sure, Get my. I can tell my daughter to explain it to you. I will. I didn't understand it, but maybe you, you you'd do better.
4: Well, I'm sure there were stupid things I were into as a kid that my parents didn't get either, and they make little sense to me now. But either way, if if these stores are smart enough to do these events with these toys to promote them, how could the toy flagship? not come up with something to promote the toys other than occasionally one of the larger locations would have like a a signing of some kind. Like I remember like I was living in Jersey at the time and one of the big deals was at the Toys R Us in uh, Jersey Gardens Mall in Elizabeth. They had Sid come and do a signing. Yep. To push uh, the WWF Jack specific toys that had come out. Okay. But that was it. That was the only time they were doing anything like that. Uh, Occasionally in the city you'd have, in the flagship store in Times Square, you'd have signings from various people, you know, whoever. They'd have Spider-Man appear if there was a new Spider-Man toy line coming out or whatever. Or once in a while they'd have the WWF superstars if there was a garden show come out. But because of that area and how cluttered it was, it was get in, get out. It wasn't, hey, walk around and look at our toys here. It was, you know, a push them in, push them out type thing. So it never worked the way it should have. But you look at these little, like, demos that Home Depot and Target do, design for kids, and you end up buying stuff at Home Depot for a kid. You'd never imagine you ever spend money on a kid at Home Depot, but you do.
0: Oh, I got I to gotta weigh in here with that. Um, this is totally piggyback to what you're saying. I don't hunt. I've gone hunting, but I'm not an avid hunter. I don't own hunting equipment or a gun. Um, same thing with fishing. Love to go fishing don't really don't own a rod or anything like that i kind of rent stuff when i go on a boat or whatever but we go to um i can't remember anything tonight the big bass pro Pro shop they opened a bass pro shop in um about where i live in the suburbs of tampa we go constantly want to know why there's fishing events for kids there. My kids love that. Every year, we stop going to the mall to the to, to the mall to see Santa. We go to Bass Pro Shop to see Santa. And the oh, whole nice. time you're waiting to see Santa, there's like make a gingerbread house and color, and there's toys everywhere. Dude, the Bass Pro Shop near me has an entire area dedicated to free play. All the toys they're selling are open. And there for the kids to play with. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen parents walk out with a toy that they bought the kid the kid had just been playing with. And this is year-round, not just when Santa's there, but that, well, we tend to go for Santa. So it's exactly like Pat's saying. Like, I would never have gone to a bathro shop in my life. You know, you except for the one time my buddy and I went on a hunting trip, except for the fact that it's got stuff there for my kids to do and they love it. You know what I mean? That's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about.
3: This is very true. I mean, um, it, it's, can we talk a little bit about price point too? I mean, it, it, was it me or does everything just seem way more expensive at Toys R Us? Yeah. I mean, uh, like it's like
0: comparison when everything is marked
3: down at Walmart.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I dude, listen, I went in there just two weeks ago because, you know, hey, the buzz is going around. These stores are going to be closing. Maybe there's some sales. I don't know. I just want to go take a look. I haven't been in one in forever. So I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. I was waiting for my daughter to get done with the movies at the mall. So I just walked up there or drove up there and walked in. And my, uh, you know, I was immediately – Displeased as I did not see any sales, I was like, "Okay, well, the news just hit, so maybe it'll happen later on down the line." And I'm looking at toys, and I'm like, uh, "Nope, no, I'm not buying that small, tiny, teeny Lego set for ten bucks, yeah, right?" You know, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> there. There was stuff in there that I. There was no way that I was going to. I'd be convinced to purchase, uh, in any way at, at that time. So. I think the last time that we were actually at Toys R Us to buy something was when my daughter was given a gift card for her birthday. So even then, I I didn't have this pool to go there because of price point. There was at no point in my life if I said, oh, I've got to get to Toys R Us. They've got this stuff cheap.
3: Never happened for me.
2: It's just never happened for me. and and maybe that's just because I never got there enough to understand that there was a lot of things that you normally couldn't find, but I could find things easy enough on the internet. Uh, Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because Toys R Us
4: used to be the place to go to, to beat price point competitors. Like again, talking about how we had one major Toys R Us in all of Brooklyn, which I'm not trying to minimize, you know, things, but, At one point in time, when it was recognized as a city, Brooklyn was the fourth largest city in America. So you have one Toys R Us location there that's a major Toys R Us location. Now, you had your local neighborhood toy stores. And I remember some of them very fondly, like Alice Toyland and Park Slope, which is actually in the movie The Squid and the Whale, where Jeff Bridges plays the butthole dad. Um, And, uh, you know, there's that store. There was a store called Platts. There was a store called Save on Fifth where you could get a lot of the toys that you wanted, but your parents ended up paying like two times the amount that they would have got it for at Toys R Us.
2: Not impressed.
3: Yeah, like, okay, I told you I was collecting a few Transformers and things like that, um, Pops, you know. Uh, the Pops are like eleven ninety nine or something like that on It which is about, you know, par for the course, give or take, two dollars, you know, both ways. Um so uh Transformers. They had this one set, um, you know, it was kind of from the movie, and it was like the battle oh jeez, I can't remember. It was like the junkyard battle.
2: Oh yeah, and it,
3: yeah. Yeah, it was it was three three figure set. It was Hot Rod, um Retgar and uh, uh, Scrap Heap and i was like oh that's awesome you know and i looked at it it was 74.99 <gasps> 74.99 and yeah. i was like you got to be kidding me there's no way you know and i i i understand that you know i'm i'm walking into expensive territory when i look at transformers absolutely i mean it's it's crazy expensive but uh but you know there's no way that 74.99 you know these are worth 74.99 so, you know, I just got a wild hair and started looking and I got on Amazon thirty four ninety nine. <laughs> so like, come on. I was like Yeah, forty dollars cheaper.
2: You're not going to be competitive with that at all. By, I, by the way,
4: <laughs> y'all motivated me to check out Funko Pops and I'm gonna pre order one that's not released yet. It is a Billy from Stranger Things Two. <laughs>
0: nice, Yes. So, Jesse, I have a question for you, um, yes, and I'm asking you specifically because, again, you've you've got kids, but you've got kids that have been playing uh, video games longer than mine have. Mm-hmm. But do you think one of the things that ate into, and and Ronnie, I don't know if this if any of the articles I sent you talked about this, but one of the things that uh, that ate into Toys R Us's bottom line that they didn't fully prepare for. Was the shift in play uh, from uh, you know tactile figurines to video yeah.
2: games? It's a great question because that was yeah. where I honestly was going to go if Ronnie threw it to me uh, in regards to what I think may have had a hand in uh, its downfall. I, as a father, have learned quite a few, <laughs> quite a few things over uh, the last twelve years. Uh, One of which is at about year five with your first kid, you start to realize that you're running out of space.
3: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I get it.
2: There is a lot, a lot of toys. And then you start to think to yourself, what does my kid play with most? Because 80 percent of this stuff has to go. What does she play with the most? Uh, So kid two rolls around. Caleb and we run into the same situation (laughs) kid two, And I'm like, okay, I really need to sit down and watch and see what these kids do to pass the time and figure out what we're going to get rid of. Because again, we, even though we wanted to do that with kid number one, we, we didn't really do it as well as we should have. Well, okay. So here was what I noticed. My specifically Caleb, my first son, would not put his, you know, our, whenever we got a new iPhone, we gave him the old one so he could watch it. That was in his hands and the Xbox uh, controller was in his hands. And it was very, very rare that we would see him pick up and play with anything other than a few significant toys, such as his wrestlers and his wrestling ring. He loved playing with those. And there was maybe another two or three toys that he liked to mess around with. The rest of it, dude was honestly video games and tablet or phone related. So those right there are significant investments when it comes to like, my kid can get an app. Okay. My, my kid can get an app on his phone or on his tablet and he could spend hours playing on that app and have a good time. Not only that, he can watch Netflix on there. He can watch Hulu. He's got TV, all that stuff. So that's all keeping him occupied. So there, there was a point where I finally realized, okay, I just need to, I, I need to start investing in like i iTunes cards, uh, or you know, a video game that he would like to play, and he would be set for like months. And not do really anything else. I honestly cannot tell you the last time he picked up one of his wrestlers. It's been a quite a while. He's been mostly playing Roblox. Or he's been playing uh, uh, Fortnite. Because we got him an Xbox. And he just loves it. So, you yeah, know, I'm not going out and buying physical toys anymore. I'm not picking up those figures uh, for him. Now, me, on the other hand, if there's something that's very nostalgic, I might find... Uh, you know, I might find it in my heart to buy it, but I honestly am buying it secondhand. Well,
4: and let's talk about the difference in terms of, you know, what figures, not to sound like the old Khadja, but what figures cost then and now.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, you're
4: talking, you know, I don't, I, I go into Walmart, you know, my local Walmart, and I see WWE figures that they have on the shelves, and, like, there's different kinds, but, like, your main line of WWE figures, I guess you'd call them, they retail about twelve ninety nine a piece. Yep. When you know I was collecting Hasbro's, we'll go with okay, because that's the longest time I ever spent collecting figures and playing with the WWF Hasbro line. Um, you know, still my childhood favorite. But those figures were three ninety nine a piece. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, they were smaller. They didn't have all the points of articulation, whatever. But literally everything that is being done with these figures now is the same stuff we were doing. In 1990, 1991, Mm -hmm. same thing. You're putting on matches. You're, you know, doing interviews. You're playing with the figures and making your own wrestling show happen. Okay, they were three nine. They have quadrupled in price, and that's a big swing. You're talking four of those figures equals one of the current runs. Like, yeah, I get inflation. Yeah, I get things.
2: That doesn't add up. Well, the largest amount of wrestlers that we got, I think, was completely secondhand. And I really hope that the person that originally bought these did not buy them all brand new because we got a huge crate full of them. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, if this person bought them brand new and went to Toys R Us, they would have spent a fortune. And compared to what they sold them to us for, I mean, it was pennies on the dollar legitimately pennies on the dollar. So uh, again, price-wise, you're not selling me there because I, I don't want to spend an arm and a leg to get a, a toy that me personally, I don't think it's worth that. Uh, now, if my kid really wants it, that's where it all comes down to. If your kid really wants it, if they want that toy, okay, maybe you're going to make a concession to get it. But honestly, the video game thing, I believe that is, that is a big portion of, of why kids aren't buying physical uh, parents. I should say why, why parents aren't buying all that physical stuff. Now Colton's a different breed because that boy can play with his Legos and he's got a mind of his own, but that I, I honestly don't recall Kira sitting down and playing with her doll babies for hours and on hours on end, like my son Colton does. So I, I don't think that, Colton is a good representation of what mo- most kids are out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that also, real quick, you know, the length of a toy buyer or the age of a toy buyer was probably a lot older back in the day. Now- yeah, I was just, just going to
0: say, I think, I don't, I, I am born in 1976, so I'm a child of the 80s. And I'm pretty sure I was playing with toys probably to the end of junior high. I want to say the transition from junior high into high school was where a lot of that. Now, 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 what is a toy? You know, we're, we're talking, you know, when I'm really young, you know, elementary school age, uh, Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Hot Wheels, that sort of thing. Um, still playing with toys as I got older, but toys tended to mer- you know, become super soakers, you know, things like that. Less, less... Necess- you know, outside of the collector's type stuff. Uh, less necessarily action figures. Now, as you're saying, I my daughter's a really good example of this. This past Christmas, it was very, very hard to Legos aside because I'm pretty because I mean, Legos I'm, I'm finding out are, are there's no age range, they're it's universal, like, yeah, yeah, they're pretty universal. Um, I got a Lego for my for, for Christmas, I got a Lego Darth Vader, uh, which I built yes. and is currently on my shelf. I'm just thinking that's like my one. My one contribution to the to the pops conversation. I built yes. my own Lego Darth Vader, and it's currently in my living room. God, um, I'm like sure the only kid who never cared about Legos. I'll tell you, I care more now as an adult than I did as a kid. But my but my but Legos aside, because both my kids are really into building with Legos, and like my daughter is sort of like a savant when it comes to Legos. But it was very. Other than that, um, she has about 1.2 billion Barbies. So we decided no Barbies for Christmas this year. Um, this past but, year, does she still play like, with. Them? Well, uh, it depends, and that—that's what I was getting to. But she it was very, very hard to figure to, to like figure out what exactly to buy a seven-year-old girl uh, in a toy store because she, she just didn't play with a lot anymore. Yep, like very quickly. She went from, it's all, you know, everything's got to be a doll. I'm all about dolls. Baby dolls and, and, and stroller, baby strollers and Barbies. She was just mad, simply mad about Barbies. And then suddenly it was like, meh. But, you know, her, her tablet, her TV, and Legos, and that was about it. And it was like, well, Jesus Christ, it doesn't leave us a whole lot. Like, we got her, like, a lot of, like, science stuff for, for uh, like, kitty science stuff. For Christmas, because if we didn't know what else to get her.
2: And what you do is soon after you get it, you have buyer's remorse because you see it laying in that corner for <laughs> another for three weeks untouched. And you're like, why did I spend my money on
0: that? Oh, uh, yeah. dude, her birthday and Christmas are, like, really close together. Like, we're talking, um, you know, Christmas is December 25th, and her birthday is, like, January 5th. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the wrap of like, paper still on the floor from Christmas, and it's,
0: it's like June, and I walk into her room, and this shit she still hasn't opened yet. <laughs> yeah. Now, some of that is because like she needs she needs mom, mommy, and daddy to help her with it. Like we got to like make your own lipstick, kind of a thing. And it's like, well, she's not doing that by herself. Not at seven years old.
4: No, thank God. Uh, that would lead down a really bad path really early.
0: She'd burn the house down. I <laughs> would. <laughs>
4: No, I wasn't going that. We'll we'll leave that alone out of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mark's cursed cursed enough tonight. He doesn't need to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, you know, Jesse's talking about, you know, the video game revolution in terms of cult, and, and not necessarily video games, but just technology in general. You know, Toys R Us, you'd also buy video games. You know, that was one of the spots you knew would have generally every video game out on the market because that was what they did. Whereas, you know, your local, you know, video game store or what have you may not have the new releases or may not have one particular game you're looking to rent or whatever. So you go to Toys R Us on the birthday or whatever, and you get to pick out one, if your family had money, maybe two games that you could get for Sega and Nintendo all the way up to, you know, the PlayStation days. But now, you know, there's so
2: much content that's just downloadable through your Xbox. Oh, yeah. Yep. You don't even couch. have to leave your couch. Do not even have to leave your couch to do that. And with the Xbox One, I've taken full advantage of that here lately with, uh, with Caleb. Uh, we got the Xbox Game Pass. Dude, I'm not going to have to buy a game for probably a year uh, because he's, perf- he's going to be satisfied or there's going to be something on there that he can find and play. Um, yeah, so. I mean, you know, that's the whole
4: thing. And then on top of it, again, we talked, you know, we talked about how they used to have those PlayStation, or that's a bad word because PlayStation is actually a system, but those those demo stations where you could try a game, why, they didn't give you options. They just have one game. The bigger stores might have a PlayStation demo zone and a Nintendo 64 one. Most of them only had one or the other. Mm-hmm. And you had one game that didn't change from what it was for, like, weeks upon weeks rather than giving you options where you could play a couple different games and figure out which one you liked. And, I, oh, man, I never heard of this, but I'm playing it now and I want to get it. They never did that.
2: Ronnie Adams? Slugman? Yeah, I'm right Slugworth.
3: here. Slugworth? Man, I'm telling you. It's not pretty right now. Um, well, I mean, these are, you know – I hate to say, it, but these are these are all led to the demise of uh, of Toys R Us as we know it. Um, I say as we know it because we don't know what the future holds. You know, um, we don't know we don't know what's you know what what's going to become of the company. You know, in the long term, it, they're probably just stay out of business. I mean, let's be honest with I you. I was
0: going to say I just got an email saying I have a Toys R Us credit card. And I just got an email saying, yeah, so yeah, all the stores are closing, but you still have to pay your bill, okay?
3: There <laughs> we just go. Just a reminder.
2: <laughs> Help us get out of debt.
3: Yeah, good luck with oh, that. There's, yeah, there's no... There, yeah. There's no getting out of debt there. there you're just paying off their... Well, this way, it's not even Toys R Us. I'm paying off
0: Synchrony Bank.
3: Right. Ah. But uh, as an entity, Toys R Us does not exist anymore. Um, so... I mean, it, it's sad. It's it's a little piece of my childhood gone. I'm sure that, that you all feel the same way. But with that rising from the ashes of the the dumpster fire before we okay, let's let's we'll get into that in a second. I forgot that I want to talk about these stupid going out of business sales. <laughs> now, when I was away from Mike, the mic, did did you all talk anything about that? No. All right. So we. You know, we're, we're getting the emails, we're seeing the, the articles, we're, we're hearing the news. They're going out of business and they're going to have liquidation sales. Everything must go. Everything. So I went to uh, my is local...
0: Have, does anyone have a sneaking suspicion this is all going to end up at an Ollie's?
3: Yes. I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't even know what Ollie's is. It is the cheapest of all cheap Stores.
2: You know, you know what a Big Lots is? Yes. Okay. That Ollie's is like I don't know a second-rate version of Big Lots, where you have
3: imagine imagine Big Lots, but only it's Big Lots as an Uncle that never really leaves the trailer, and is just constantly <laughs> like always dressed with white with crazy hair. <laughs> That's
1: Ollie's.
0: Now, ask me why I know about Ollie's, Pat.
4: Mark, why do you know about Ollie's? Uh,
0: Because our friend of the show, Josh Calandros, said, Hey, I went to Ollie's and I bought all of these really, really cheap uh, DC trade paperbacks for like, you know, 10 cents on a dollar. And uh, and then he, and then like, like a week or so later, he was like, Hey, guys, I, made, I, went to another, I went to another Ollie's and I picked up all of these trades. And he took a picture of it and showed us. And I Googled what an Ollie's was because I didn't know what the hell it was either. And what we found out is that like Ollie's across the nation all bought the same lot of, uh, of DC trades and discounted them like, I don't know, like 90%.
2: Yeah, dude. And when we say they bought. A lot. I'm talking like there is at least thirty, Decks. yeah, thirty to forty different books to pick from, and multiple copies. I bought a hardback. Uh, oh man, it was like it was like a DC's World's Finest uh, hardback graphic novel. Normally, I think it's like forty bucks. I it was on sale for six ninety nine, so six dollars and ninety nine cents. So a lot of this stuff is like really. Really marked down, and Ollie's I don't know what what planet they ran into this stuff on, but I've never seen anything mm-hmm. like it. I've never honestly ever seen anything like this before
3: I did buy uh, my favorite towel from Ollie's though Ollie's bargain outlet is this what is this it that's yep. it <laughs> if they bargain. ask you to join Ollie's army, say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a sucker enjoying well, it. Yeah,
2: I, did, I thought it was a requirement. Got <laughs> card, got, oh, no, I don't have one. Better sign me up. I better get one. I yeah, thought it was so, a requirement to like purchase. fucking Sands
3: Club. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, they said, do you want to? You you know, you want an Ollie's card? And I'm like, do I have to? And they're like, no. And I was like, then absolutely not. I was like, okay, just I, me up. Was a I need to find one within
4: 20 miles of me, and that doesn't exist.
2: Oh. Oh.
4: Uh, uh, I have to go 30 miles to the nearest one. Do oh, they, they have? Not too bad.
2: They have uh, the showcase. The, the showcase volumes of dc like the black and white kind of like the marvel uh oh no i remember them the hard covers where you could get collected volumes cuz i have a couple well this is these are the showcase volumes are like 500 pages kind of like the marvel uh w- where they're black and white real tissue paper i mean you know almost tissue paper quality yeah, stuff essential, essential volume 1 essential volume go. yeah yeah those things are going for like 3 to 4 dollars i i mean it's ridiculous uh, how cheap yeah. they are
3: now imagine you take Ollies and, and the deals that you find on the on the graphic novels and and you know the things that you can actually use in Ollies. I'm never going to use a shotgun shaped plunger, but by golly, I will take a bath towel the size of a queen size bed sheet any day. <laughs> can we go back to the plunger that just looks like a shotgun? I, know gonna, one of them. I need to see this thing. I'm looking it well, up. Right go now. to Ollies. I'm guarantee you'll buy one. You'll get one. Uh, if, we could, if one of you
0: guys, could set my birthday's in June. If someone could send me a plunger that looks like a shotgun, I would greatly appreciate it. Well,
3: that's all yeah, Done, I, I, sir. I done. done. I'm
4: lay in salt lamp for nine ninety
3: nine. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So the stuff that you get, you can use. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. It's really good deals. But then you, you imagine the opposite. The exact opposite of that, and that's what you get in the going out of business sales with Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. So I walked in on the first one, of the, like one of the first, day. I didn't go the very first day. I walked into to Toys R Us uh, on a Saturday, and it was absolutely jam-packed. They were fighting over, you know, uh, uh, parking spaces and everything. I was like, man, they must be throwing things at people. Here, just take this. Get out of here. <laughs> and I, I walk in, close i the like, I'm immediately I'm like, all right, the way this is set up, I'm gonna to have to go to the Legos. No problem. I like building stuff. Maybe I can get some, you know, pick up with a nice Lego kit. Five percent. Oh, come on. Five percent five percent. This is a long. So I said, game. All right, low Legos, high end. You know, the stuff that I would have built want to build are like a like hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks, whatever. Not my deal. Not five percent. So I go to like the action figure section, you know, you find wrestling, you find, you know, the Marvel uh, uh, Legends series, stuff like that, the, the the Star Wars Black series, you know, these six inch, you know, figures, collectibles, you know, ten um, percent. Everything else was ten percent off, and that's it. Well, isn't,
4: people, isn't that though? Isn't that manufacturer controlled though? Because Toys R Us isn't their only distributor.
3: No, I, I wouldn't think so because. Um, you know, Toys R Us is, they're still getting trucks in but they're just emptying out the warehouses. The Toys R Us has already bought this stuff so they're selling it just to get their money back um, uh, It doesn't surprise like.
1: me
2: It doesn't surprise me one bit to be honest. I, I just I can remember FYE doing the same thing You know, <clears throat> they're going out of business and they they're doing 30% off and I'm like, oh wow, regular price I got finally got it down to regular right? price where I
0: can pay. for it. Right. So, uh, I, I know was a coworker of mine. Now they, they shut these stores down in waves. If you'll remember earlier in the year, in the year we're not too far into the year yet, but uh, earlier this year in 2018, they said, "Hey, Toys R Us is liquidating some of their stores." And there's an area yeah. in, the Hillsborough, in Hillsborough County in Hillsborough County, Florida called uh, Citrus Park. It's kind of a richy Rich white area, and the, the, that was one of the stores that was going first. So I was talking to a coworker, and um, after like the big news that all the stores were going down, and I was like, and she was like, hey, we were talking about like, have you been to have you been to the Toys R And I, I was talking about the one near where I live, which is the other side of the county. And she was like, no, I went to the one in Citrus Park. Let me tell you two things about that. One, there's nothing left, and two, wow, they just gave up on that store because it was dirty as. All
3: get out. Nice. Well, I mean I, I kind of I'm getting that I'm getting that vibe from the one in Greensboro here. Um because I walked in that day and it was you know, people were losing their minds. They were grabbing stuff. It was like it was like, you know, the end of the world riots, man. You know, they're grabbing stuff, Black they're Black fighting Friday. or Black Friday. They're grabbing stuff, they're clutching it like, you know, you know, grandma needs this to you know, this part to her Iron Lung, otherwise she's going to die or something, you know?
0: I got, I got a better one. Remember, tic, remember the Tickle Me Elmo craze?
3: Oh, oh gosh. Boy. Yeah.
0: Tickle Me Elmo. Uh,
3: yeah. Uh, cabbage Patch Kid craze. You know, I had one. Run. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah. Uh, we have several at my mother and father's house. In an alarming uh,
4: personal defeat, I will fully admit that as a child, I had a Cabbage Patch Kid solely so I could pretend to be Rick Rude.
0: I <laughs> dare, I nice. dare you to tell Jed in the in this in this uh, strong style chat that you had a couch patch kid. I dare you. Oh, I absolutely
4: will. But when he finds out it was to be Rick Rude, and then I also had a bathrobe to be Rick Rude, I think he'll be like, "Yep, okay, that makes sense." Mad respect. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. So, um, you know, I walk by this. Uh, uh, it was the big like brontosaurus looking thing from Power Rangers um okay, the, the dragons sword yeah one of the Dragonzords, but it wasn't the dragons sword it was a dinosaur and it was I think it was like Tommy's but it was like the, it was a huge one and I was like my buddy my buddy van he's really into power Rangers i mean he's he's been collecting Power Rangers stuff since he was a, you know since he was a kid and you know he's got a kid and he's gonna pass all this stuff down to him so I was like you know I wonder if he has that well he does but he didn't have this particular one. Um, cause it was black and gold. And I was like, you know, it's like, you know, collectors or whatever. So I took a picture of it him, and he said, Oh, how much? I said, $150. And he goes, really? He said, well, what's the deal on it? And I looked and of course, 10%. I was like, you could get it for 135. And he was like, that's terrible. So, you know, you've got all these, you know, they're not going anywhere. I went back today, actually, you know, research for the show to see what they had. Same deals. everything that I thought was going to be there was still there. You know, those Power Rangers, you know, the Bruticus or whatever it was, um, they were cleaned out of uh, Transformers, though, cleaned out, plumb out. Uh, They still had a few Voltron figures left, like the bigger ones that you could actually combine um, and things like that. But I'm just sitting there going, you know, other than the $150 one, what makes people think that 10% is such a good deal that they have to break their necks to get here and and buy this stuff? You know, they're going, of course, the one here is Toys R Us and Babies R Us combined. So they're buying a lot of baby stuff too. Um, But it was all the same thing, 10% through the whole store. So, I mean, you know, they're still clutching on to, you know, we got to make that dollar before we shut down.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it will take some, it's going to take a few. Uh, hopefully, at some point, we're going to see, you know, 50 to 60% off, 75% off. But I mean, dude, the way you're talking, there's not going to be much left because people are going insane at the 5%, 10% level.
3: Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, you've got kids holding on to these Lego things. You know, it's not seventy four ninety nine anymore. It's, you know, it's now $68. Woohoo. Um, you know, woo! I'm like, that's a deal. I'm like, dude, the day I buy my kid a $68 Lego set. Is the day that I need to be committed?
0: No, I will. I will. I will counter that point with: you will buy your child a sixty-eight dollar Lego kit.
3: Well, they better play with it until they're they're thirty. That's all they're getting for the year.
0: I hope they can make plenty of things out of it. I'll, I'm telling you, we, we tend to we tend to shy on the side of the cheaper Lego sets for Lily. One because they're a little bit easier for her to build, and two because obviously they're cheaper. But they she's definitely gotten definitely from her grandparents. Some of the more uh, bigger expensive Lego kits. You, yeah. you will buy you will buy the sixty-eight dollar Lego kits.
3: Well, it may be ten percent off. But, um. <laughs> the
4: only the only like real like you know, going at a business sale or whatever that I've actually I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a stop here consciously and I, ha- I have to check it out. Is it, you know, I'm a movie guy, we're all movie guys. So when Blockbuster was wow, like clearing yeah. up their inventories, I had to hit those. Mm -hmm. And the whole premise of that was every week it's going to drop, drop, drop. But now you're gambling with what's there because what if somebody grabs this thing at this price before you do? So – but that was like the last time or really the only time when something was going out of business. I was like, I got to get in there and grab some stuff. I mean – and again, those those markdowns were significant though. Like you were getting – What were essentially newly released DVDs that they got, probably up until about the last month of their existence, for like three ninety nine.
0: Yeah. What do you think had the big as projecting a year or two now? You know, and kind of looking back, what do you think will have had the bigger cultural impact um, on this country? The closing of Blockbuster, which was again, I mean, if you remember when that went down, it was like like you could almost it was almost like audible you could hear an institution blowing up. It yeah. was like, who thought Blockbuster was going to go? They, I mean, they owned video rentals for such a long time. You know, it was, and that's the thing. It was like, it came out of the creation of the, the, uh, the VCR and, you know, and the, the VHS tape, you know, when, once VHS won the war against Theta. there are people listening to this podcast. They're going to listen to the podcast. going, what in the hell is he talking about? Is that from Battlestar Galactica? Um, right, but yes, it was something called a Betamax at one time. It wasn't just a, uh, a cartoon. It was
3: shorter, shorter tapes, but they were thicker. Yeah, it kind of looked like a tracks. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Which, which is another thing that no one's going to understand unless you're over A-tracks? forty.
3: God, I'm you know old.
0: Uh,
3: at that point, I'm like, you know, just shut up and go play with your iPod. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, anyway, so but Blockbuster was one of those things where I don't think anybody saw that one coming and suddenly the world changes in such a way that it makes the entire industry obsolete and it goes up in smoke and there's no way for them to recover without utterly changing their business model. Um, And now you have the same thing happening with Toys R Us. But here's the thing. Not everybody went to Blockbuster to rank videos, especially if you were looking for porn. Um, Everybody went to Toys R Us to look for toys. At some point in your life, I mean, I, I don't want to be sackcloth, especially on the Screaming Boy podcast with Ronnie Adams, but I nice. mean. <laughs> too late. <laughs> but, I mean, it, to me, it's as ubiquitous as a church. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, every, yeah. Like, everyone goes here. This isn't, like, a niche market or anything. I don't, you know, there were a lot of mom and pop video stores. There's not a lot of mom and pop toy stores. It was right. kind of Toys R Us, KB.
2: And that's it. Yeah. Toys have been around since, I I mean, almost the dawn of time. Uh, You know, Blockbuster videos have been around for a lot less, a lot less, uh, you know, a lot less time. So I think you talk about the cultural impact that it'll have. I think Toys R Us has got miles on Blockbuster just because most people that – here in about 10 years, nobody's going to know what a blockbuster is uh, or was at any point because that's just going to kind of go out of generations. 70 years Toys R Us has been around. 70 years. And now with it leaving, there's going to be a gap. Uh, Something's going to need to come in and take its place. Um, Whether, I mean, Walmart may have already done that uh, because that's, you know, I'll go up to Toy toy Al. Go ahead.
0: Okay, Pop Up Starter, let me tell you something. Jonas and I sat Monday night, sat on the computer, and he has a birthday coming up in like two weeks. His, he's having his birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, if y'all want to come. You know, from Ohio, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, we're on our way. Jersey. Um, yeah, y'all want to come in down to North
3: Carolina, to- Carolina sir. I'm,
0: I'm swinging by and picking up Pat. We're coming down. Makes sense. Y'all, y'all want to come by of Chuck E. Cheese from Brandon, Florida. Um, he's got a birthday coming up. And we sat on Amazon for about an hour, editing, editing, not creating, editing, curating his his wish list. It's, it's wish list. <laughs> He's got a wish list. My daughter has a wish list. I've got a wish list. My wife's got one. My nephew has one. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> so when you say something's going to replace something, has replaced it. Yeah. When, yeah. when a couple of um, gals who are not my wife. Right, Jesse, cows who are not my wife um, that I work with. Sometimes they get an errant penis pick. I cleaned that one up for you, Ronnie. Then, oh,
3: thank you. Yeah. But when they're
0: not receiving errant penis picks, uh, they, uh, you know, I invited them to Jonas' birthday because you know, they've got children of their own, or you know, nephews and nieces, or they just wanted to come to Chuck E. Cheese. One of them told me. And didn't have a and she didn't, considering she's almost forty, she didn't have a good excuse, so she's using my nice. kid as one. But she was like, "Yeah, what does he want for his birthday?" And I'm like, "Here's the link to his wish list." They're like, "Oh, thank God!"
3: <laughs> uh, yes, that's amazing.
0: That's that right there is
2: what what's needed anymore is the the wish list. So you could just be like, "Okay, here you go," and turn them loose, let them pick what they want.
0: Go. For posted, it. I posted the wish list in his Facebook invite. Eh? Brilliant. That's, that's you are a great. great man. You are great, great, man. great institutions replaced by virtual reality, ladies and gentlemen.
4: You know, I know I, I know I get called the contrarian and it's it's earned.
0: I'll no. tell you
4: this. Yeah, it was special to be able to go into Toys R Us and everybody knew what Toys R Us was and all that jazz. How many times in the span of, let's say, a calendar year, were you in Toys R Us?
0: Before I had kids? None.
4: Well, even as a kid, we'll go with, okay? From the ages of, like, when you can first remember till you were, like, 12 years old, we'll say, is the cutoff. I'm going to go with
0: maybe four or five times a year
3: for me. Yeah.
4: Right. How many times during the span of, let's say, from the time you were six to, like, 16 were you in a
0: blockbuster? A lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, be honest. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. One, they were everywhere. You know, it was that was blockbuster. Used to be what Starbucks is now. There were like blockbusters across the street from a blockbusters.
1: Mm-hmm,
4: yeah, that's true. And here's, and here's where I'm going with that. Especially before you were able to really like go out and cruise with your friends, or go out to dance clubs or whatever, or school dances or whatever the deal was. A lot of times what you did with your buddies on a night was either rent some horror movies from Blockbuster and grab some snacks or whatever and, you know, scare the bejesus out of each other or you'd rent a video game or two video games or whatever and play those. You know, it. that's, to me, the thing is the frequency with which you had the Blockbuster experience if you grew up with it, and there's probably a generation – Ranging from like I don't know. I mean Mark Mark's a seventy six baby. I'm ten years after him, but we both have those same experiences. You know, it's it's one of those things where honestly the blockbuster one was more a central part of things because of how much you did it to me. And how yeah. like I love the toys, don't get me wrong, it was awesome. I still have like three really vivid Toys or Us experiences in which are like among the happiest days of my life, which is both awesome and sad. Um, (laughs) Nice. But, like, those blockbuster nights with your buddies in junior high school and everything, you know, whether it was renting the hot new game that you didn't get to buy yet and just all of you combining your efforts to try to figure out how to beat the boss at level four to get to the next level or you rented a couple of slasher flicks and just were screwing with each other, scaring each other. You know, that type of thing. Or you rented American Pie because one of your parents didn't know any better, so you were able to trick one of them and <laughs> letting you all watch it and you got to see Shannon Elizabeth Topless, you know.
0: Or my, or, or my dad just didn't care.
4: <laughs> or your dad just didn't care. Or, you know, you had a divorced parent who was trying to score points and be the cool parent, whatever it was. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> you
4: know, so I do think that while people may superficially say the Toys R Us, I'm going to say the Blockbuster experience is going to be the more missed one.
3: So okay, I completely you, agree with you on that. I want to throw this out
0: there because we were talking about you know you started the podcast with um, I'm sorry if, if like if you have an agenda I'm taking this in a different direction Ronnie no but no good for it go for I want to get this out there before we end for the night and that is you know Pat's absolutely right as a kid it was really kind of a quarterly thing because like I said it was related to me with you know report cards um, he's absolutely right. You know, going, they were number one. There was one Toys R Us in like a 50 mile radius from where I lived. Uh, To get there was an epic journey. Um, On the other hand, there was a Blockbuster everywhere, and you could walk to the Blockbuster from my house. So, and the need to go to Blockbuster was all, you know, as Pat was saying, was, you know, certainly more often than the need to go and buy a toy. So, I totally agree with him on that. But, but at, but you know as a 40 year old adult parent of two children i will tell you that you know obviously i can't really relate to the block question more they're gone but i will tell you that i've spent a lot of time in toys r us over the last couple of years and i'll tell you i joked earlier before we started the show that you know i told jonas that toys r us was closing and you know and he and he actually cried you know he he was really sad. He was like, What's, does that mean I'm not going to get any toys anymore? There was part of me that wanted to tell him, yeah. But, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Like you do. But uh, here's the thing. As I said before, there were days over the past three years since my schedule changed where I was off from work and Melissa was at work, Lily was at school, and it was just me and Jonas at home. And one of the things that I would like to do is take him to Toys R Us and just let him walk around. And I learned a lot about my son. I learned his likes, I learned his dislikes. I he would do really funny things, like he would see a toy go, Oh Daddy, you better get over here and look at this. Five minutes later, put it down, walk, find something else. Oh daddy, have you seen this yet? Like I I was I was wildly entertained watching him get so excited about these toys. And it helped, like it was led to my next thing. You know, those were bonding experiences for my son and I, and more so than my own memories as a kid. Those would be the memories that I treasure. You know, years from now, when I think back about Toys R Us and how I relate to it, it won't be it won't be my childhood memories. It'll be my my memories as a father. Yeah, because and that's what I'm going to miss the most with this institution closing. Is that that's one less place where we got to be father and son and have that experience and and really be engaged with one another, you know, outside of sitting on the couch and wrestling every night like we do. But but the other thing is it became an annual tradition for my wife and I to have a shopping date night around Christmas. We would, uh, you know, my parents would watch the kids, and my wife and I would go to Toys R Us. And we would do all of our Christmas shopping for just our two kids at Toys R Us because, like you know, because we could have gone to Walmart, actually saved some money, but we we wanted to go to Toys R Us. That was our time to be a couple. And we would go, we would get our shopping done, and then we would go to dinner. And it really was it was it was a date night. And as I as I related to my son, my wife and I would relate to each other because we would really because ha- it wasn't like we kind of had a list going in of what we were going to get them, we would look. My wife just loved to look around the store and see what was there because she didn't get to go as often as I did. And we would talk about, well, what are our kids into? And it was, you know, I remember this past Christmas shopping experience um, and, and the realization I didn't know my daughter as well as I thought I did. And it made me really sad. Which is sort of a weird thing to bring up, but it's an experience and it's a memory I'm going to hold on to. And it was a reminder that I had to try a little bit harder with her. My son's easy. He's also a boy. I relate easier to Right. Him. You know, my daughter's a little harder to, you know, sometimes to, to, to crack, that, uh, crack that window and see, you know, into, into her world. But things like that, you know, it was Toys R Us brought me and my wife there. It it made us pay attention to each other in a different way than we we normally do. It made me think about my kids differently. And now it's gone, and I don't have that anymore. And Mm. and, and I can't replicate that experience in the two lanes of toys at Walmart, right? You know, or going or, or or clipping off things on a wish list on Amazon. So I just kind of wanted to bear that part of my soul out there, you know, and share it that this this is a different way of relating to the closing of Toys R Us.
3: No, I mean, and that's great. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's all the experience of going to Toys R Us. I mean, there's different experiences for different, different people that, that, that go there. I mean, um, whether, you know, going there as a kid and getting that awe inspiring, you know, like, Oh my gosh. Or going there as a teenager, finding that random, uh, 64 controller that you didn't think was there, you know, or, or just spending quality time with your, your wife, you know, um, it, it's just, you know, it, it's a sad part of our life. You know, it's a part of our lives that we're sad to see go. Um, and, you know, uh, real quick, um, we, we read that, uh, with the close of Toys R Us, we might be seeing the, you know, the rise of KB toys again. Which kind of makes me excited, but not as much as you know hearing that Toys R Us might be coming back. Uh, which is not on the news let me, or anything. I me throw this out it. there. It's KB Toys
0: was the mall toy store, and yeah. you know, seeing as I can, I can go pull up ten articles from CNN Money, not exactly fake news, that are talking about right. the, the that are talking about the downfall of the mall. We're gonna we're gonna come back on the streaming boy podcast, and when, when when malls are no longer a thing, yeah, um, <laughs> will yeah. talk about that too. I don't I'm understand. I don't. I, I don't understand what
2: they're going to do if they're going to be tossing these stores back into the malls. That's a that's a business model that is not going to pan out so great. I, I
3: mean, did go to the Four Seasons Town Center today, and despite a failing business, um, you know, uh, business type, you know, business structure um that mall was bumping for a thursday in the middle of the day one of the things i people there
2: one of the things i also heard is that it's going they're going to be at least at the beginning it's going to be what they call pop-up stores
3: yeah so that's different
2: than getting a a whole place and and being a fixture in the mall as well they may be there for just a season and then you know uh five months gone there was what,
0: the Spirit Halloween Store. Gets my business every year, and those yep. pop up just for Halloween. Yeah, I mean, and it's all overpriced costumes and everything else. But again, that became a family institute, a Ratliff's family institution. The yearly trip to the overpriced Halloween store.
3: Yeah. Um, um. I mean, you know, it's. I was really surprised at how well they were doing today. Um. You know, as far as the mall, but uh, I saw no. I saw two massage parlors. In the mall. Like like happy ending massages or no. <laughs> or like like, 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 like legit ish massage parlors. Um, they were you know, they the big glass front, you know, mall opening on their windows, they're not big going they're not gonna do anything shady in right there. Um and yeah, there's sure uh, well <laughs> That's a different discussion for a different show. Don't, don't um, fall into the
2: trap, Ronnie. No, a different discussion
3: for a different show. Uh, not this one. Ever, ever, ever. Um, but I said I can If you do want that, go. Go see Kevin <laughs> Napier. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> He'll tuck you
3: off like. like oh, no. oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. I can honestly say that's the first time that's ever been said on this show. <laughs> it looks like, you know, like both hammer? You're welcome. Yeah, Yeah. no problem. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, that's a
0: first. Johnny, Ronnie's looking at his, like, you know, G-rated rating on iTunes and just throwing it out in the garbage.
3: Ah, that's what they marry Audacity for. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it, it's... Um, the Screaming Boy Podcast more beeps than R two D two, right? Oh my god, yeah. this is funny. Um, waka waka. But uh, it, it, I counted five nail salons. See, in their eyebrow and nail salons, that's uh, two massage parlors. Dude, dude. And, big, big money. And then I walked by this, you know, several kiosks where they were like, "Hey, you want to try you know, our signature fragrance?" Dude, you, you're holding a little blue vial with a cotton swab on top of it. If you get near me with that again, I'm gonna punch you in your teeth. So
4: you, you know, that if you stay awake, is-
3: and they don't load you in the van, right? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's <laughs> and uh, but you know you got these little stores like that popping up in the mall. You know these these local owned businesses and stuff like that. But uh, but you know I, I I went to mall today just to to pop hunt. Um, you know uh, Funko Pops. Uh, Hot Topic, GameStop, and FYE. And those are the three stores I hit because honestly, I don't recognize most of the other stores that are in there um, because most of the good stores are shutting down. But once again, uh, the rise and the fall of the American Mall will be on. Ooh, that Ron. Uh, on a later show at Screaming Boy, where you'll hear Mark Gradlich and, and Toledo's totally Pat and Jesse talk about that as well. Um, I've already booked you all for another show. So. Hooray! I um, um, definitely not curse. i mean, dude, you're fine. But uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean Toys R Us, we're gonna miss you. Um we're gonna start with uh we're gonna start with Jesse. Any final thoughts?
2: Uh no, I I <sighs> I hate to see it go. I'm going to miss the commercials the most. I'm going to miss the jingle. I'm going to miss the jingle. Uh, I can't tell you how many videos are out there mourning the loss of this store. Yeah. Uh, I did happen upon the, they did the quick little, I think it was entertainment tonight, did a quick little interview with the person that actually created the jingle, which was a lady who was, oh my goodness. um, Yes. She she created in nineteen in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. So I say that three times. And Mad. she created it in the nineteen eighties. And
1: Perfected.
2: yeah, she did that under the she under the direction of her manager, uh, a famous soon to be famous author by the name of James Patterson. So, what? yeah, uh, she created the jingle and he was like her ad agent or he, it was an ad agency that she was working for. And there there go the I don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid jingle that we all know and love. And she said in the interview that she had no idea that it was going to be that popular of a song.
3: Uh, Once and, again, I'm a Hills kid. I still remember Hills or Hills is where the toys are and that was it. And they had that creepy little like elf uh <laughs> that came out and you know, that's my that was my jam right there. But I, I do yeah. The Toys Are Us um jingle man. I don't wanna Gosh. grow up.
2: Yeah, it's you know it's it's going to be missed. It's an American institution. A lot of people are mourning it. Yeah. You're going to see so many pictures of people going to K, uh, KBS. Huh. Yeah, what do you think of that? They're going to go back in time, and they're going to take <laughs> pictures. It's amazing. Now they're going to go to Toys R Us. I did it. I did it myself. Took myself a little selfie with the Toys R Us in the background because you don't know. We may never see this again. Here in about six months, they may all be wiped off the planet. And it's an American institution that's
3: going away. Uh, no, so I'll be replaced by
0: Starbucks.
3: Oh, no, I'm thoroughly <laughs> depressed. <laughs> Pat, you got any, any final thoughts? Um, yeah. So
4: I went into a Toys R Us, this, the same Toys R Us I mentioned earlier, Caesars Bay, Brooklyn, New York. And it was my last day of preschool. And the last day of school, report cards and everything like Mark talked about, was not a tradition for me. But for whatever particular reason, this year it was. And I was at the height of my wrestling fandom as a youngin, and the WWF had just discontinued the big rubber LJN figures and started making these Hasbro figures. And, you know, for my birthday, I had gotten a bunch of the first wave, but I didn't get one of my favorite, and that was the Ultimate Warrior. And the Ultimate Warrior was my guy. And of all the figures not to get, I didn't get the Ultimate Warrior. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand how this worked. So, at that point, I was pretty disappointed, even though I had a lot of cool figures and whatever. So, we got to go to, to- Toys R Us, and I got to pick out a bunch of stuff like, literally, like five or six things. And I, wa- I was told you get two wrestlers, you get two superheroes, and you get two supervillains. What? That's great. That's crazy. What? That's insane. I know. So I got to pick two wrestlers, and one of them just so happened to be not the ultimate warrior figure that had come out in the first line, which was one of the ones where if you pushed down on the back, it had a little T-bar, and it popped up, which I hated. I hated those figures. But this was a new one, and what this one had was the ability to do the press slam.
3: Oh, the, the spring, spring-loaded spring arms. Yeah, just like the real Ultimate Warrior. Sort of. Yeah.
4: And I'll be damned if that just didn't make my year right there that not only did I get to go and pick out six toys, which is like Treasure Trove, but I got to pick out the new Ultimate Warrior figure that actually did the press slam.
3: That's awesome.
4: <laughs> and on a sad side note, the other figure I picked out,
3: unfortunately, Dental I Demolition Axe.
4: No, I had axe already. Oh, okay. I could have had Dusty Rhodes. Oh. Which wound up being worth a, a collector some years later. Could have had one of my personal favorites, which also wound up being very valuable, Akeem, the African oh, yeah. I picked the figure of Brutus, the effing barber Oh, beast. no. You got the booty, man? Zodiac. Zodiac. <laughs> the oh, highest God.
1: of highs
4: and the lowest of lows in one trip. Oh.
3: Well, you know, Bruce the barber, his main weakness is parasailing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I want to I want to leave you
4: guys with this: that it's always great if you can joke about Brutus Beefcake almost dying. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, um, and other you than you a parasailer for not finishing the job. other, <laughs> oh. other, <laughs> other, <laughs> than, other <laughs> than the hilarity of Brutus Beefcake headbutting a you know the motor of a boat. Um, <laughs> I remember as a kid, you know, it was, just, it was just like, oh god, if Mark brings up his kid or his effing wife one more time, okay, or, so the dog, or the dog, or the dog. you, Pat. Uh, here's the, here's the, that's five. uh, I didn't say it. Four and a half. Um, here's my childhood memory. I I thought about this earlier. Um, I just didn't bring it up. I do remember as a kid walking through Toys R Us and in the bike section, there was also the ride the, the ride-ons, you know, like the, the big cars, big electric cars that you could, uh, that you could drive. And, in my mind they must have cost millions of dollars and only rich kids had them but i didn't think anybody i didn't think anyone actually owned one of those and if you did you had to be you had to be one of those you, north shore assholes you know, yeah. on long island you had to be you had to be living somewhere out in montauk you
2: own you own the gi joe aircraft carrier we know no you
0: well, I knew one of those kids i actually knew one of those kids he was pretty middle class his parents just spent
3: stupidly uh, okay um, but <laughs> I had the I had the ride along thing um as a kid power wheel, power wheel. I had the power <laughs> wheels as a kid but no uh no USS flag but my power wheels was chips nice. it, it, was, it
2: was
3: a it was a jeep from the California Highway Patrol who rode motorcycles
2: now did
4: you I, have I did,
3: you, sense.
4: did you have like the motorized one or did you Oh the
0: motorized the, one baby Wow! See, I was, yeah. I was it's nobody ever, uh, unless you were Ricky from Silver Spoons. You, no one had one of those things. It was, it was, it was something that rich people had, if that. And that if I ever had one, I know that I would made it in America. And a, a couple years ago, not uh, for myself, obviously too big, too old, too fat. But uh, my daughter got a rock, got a Barbie ride on for Christmas. I nice. was like, I'm the best dad ever. She's yeah. written it. Up until recently, she's had it for a few years now. She wrote it maybe three times and, like, gave up on it and just gave Uh, up on it. Now now the neighbor kids like it, so she rides it more. (laughs) Uh,
2: You're going to be looking at the the space, and it's taking up, and you're going to be like, (laughs) why did
0: I spend this money? There's no – you're going to be. I already do.
3: (laughs) He did that five minutes after she opened it. (laughs) Um, Now, in the three years she's had it, you said you didn't – it's not for you, obviously – but in the three years, how many times have you thought about sitting in it and just seeing?
0: Not that much. It's a Barbie car. I'm not, you know, I'm you know, i not switchy like that. However, they've got a Batmobile now. There's Ooh. a Batmobile. And a couple Jonas. of years ago, I definitely wanted to get, especially when Jonas was really into construction vehicles, I definitely wanted to get him uh, this crane that they were selling. Like, it was, no, it was a bulldozer. I definitely wanted to buy my three-year-old son a bulldozer, Ronnie Adams, and I, I couldn't afford it. Spend too
3: much money on the Barbie car. Yeah, yeah. You could sell the Barbie car. Maybe trade it in. Um, my dad, was, maybe a pain my dad was a car salesman. Um, but it's – okay, real, one one last Toys R Us story because I remember going to the toy store. I think it was Toys R Us. I had just had um, surgery as a kid. I had my adenoids taken out. And uh, it was kind of a painful surgery. I mean, I was sore throat the whole nine and my dad said, you know, he felt terrible to see one of these, you know, see his kid in pain in a hospital bed. But I was fine because I got ice cream. I was cool. Um, but, uh, you know, he's like, hey, man, as soon as you get out of here, the you know, tomorrow or tonight or whenever, we're going to go by the toy store and we'll get you something. I said, okay. He said, um, he said, you can, uh, we'll get you a transformer or something. So I walked by um, and I saw Autobot Hound, the Jeep, the Army Jeep. With a cool. yeah, like, cool, the cool. This is this is for you, Mark. You know, it had the cool gun in the in the back and everything. You know, um, I was like, man, I really want that. My dad was like, you can get that. You can actually get that. And I was like, you're kidding me? I can get a transformer? And he said, or you know. And then I was walking by, and they just released Karate Kid action figures.
4: <laughs> Daniel
3: Larusso, you know, uh, um, referee that's worth a million dollars today, right? Johnny. Um, yeah, the whole nine. So, and I, and I stopped and I looked at the hound and I looked at the karate kid and I looked at hound again. I said, "What well, about these, dad. he said, look, he goes, I'll get you two of those. And I said, two is better than one. I'll take Johnny and Daniel and I can make him fight.
1: <laughs>
3: and then I got him home. And while I appreciated what my dad did for me and I played with him, I played the heck out of them, but they were kind of lame. You know, I mean, you twisted his 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 waist and his leg shot up, or you twisted his waist and his hand came down. It's like I've never seen Daniel Russo chop like that, you know, or you know. Uh, but anyway, um, and I think back, I was like, man, if I just got an Autobot hound. <laughs>
4: but, but I would actually be more depressed that I didn't get the toy set with the referee,
3: which is now worth like a million dollars. Oh, I know, I know. I look back on that and I'm like. You know, I look back at on the, when Chuck Norris had his animated know, series commandos. out. Yep, Chuck Norris and his Karate Commandos. I had several of those. You know I what? Had,
4: and nobody nobody I've ever met in life has ever owned any of these. I would love to, but they all literally retail for a, a minimum of $150 on eBay. The over-the-top action figures, yes. Oh, <laughs> The Sylvester I, I, Stallone over-the-top movie action figures – I know no one who owns them. They all—they all like you got to spend one hundred and fifty dollars for like a a lamer figure, but they all had the ability to interlock arms and arm wrestle.
3: See, I bypassed those to get the Rambo figures. Oh, you know, from, the, from the Rambo cartoon, you know <laughs> where he didn't kill anybody, but it was Rambo. <laughs> no, it, I don't know, man. It was just cartoons were weird back then, um, but you know how they what was it i was reading something they terrible spin-offs um and they were mostly just cartoons like gilligan's planet and um uh, gilligan's planet oh yeah. my gosh
2: um
3: so they were marooned again only this time in space um of course Wonderful. Yeah. yeah it was a cartoon man um but so that's my that's my heartbreaking um, not heartbreaking. I still got some, you know, pretty cool. They weren't lame. They were still pretty cool. Cause it was, it was Daniel freaking Larusso with the, the headband and everything on it. Um, so, you know, the, the Mr. Miyagi's, uh, um, bonsai tree on the back of his, his karate gi the whole night. But I, you know, that was my Toys R Us, you know, series, uh, series, Toys R Us, you know, story. Um, you know, my dad and my mom, like, you know, just, get it for him because you know he he got parts of his body cut out of him um so <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we, like, we you must
2: know. we must assuage his pain we must right. make him feel you better know,
3: I, mean, I was pathetic man i sounded worse than i do now um but uh <laughs> you know guys i i really appreciate you all being on here and talking about this It's brought back a lot of great memories and a lot of good discussion Um uh, so we're gonna get into plugs jesse we're We'll start with you uh, and just go Jesse, Pat, and Mark. Uh, right. Go for it.
2: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Radulich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer here on the network. We've got comic books. We've got wrestling. Uh, we have MMA. Uh, we talk movies. All sorts of great stuff you can find on the network. We're at home on spreaker.com uh, you can also find us on just about any platform uh, for podcasts that you choose, such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, there's plenty of stuff out there. You can find us and uh, give us a listen. Got a lot of stuff, a lot of great stuff out there in the archive. Uh, most recently, we did a source material. Uh, the most upcoming, uh, the most recent one that's upcoming here is was our discussion. Me and Mark talked about injustice, uh, Issues one through six, basically, and we had a great discussion. That's coming up on Monday. Um, yeah, I now, sorry, the one, I couldn't be
3: a part of that one, oh,
2: dude. I understand. If you sound, if you sound. Ha- Half as bad as you do here, I understand, trust me.
3: It was worse.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we have a great discussion there. And what was the previous one, Mark? I can't remember. What was the one that released this Monday? It was... was Mini World Worlds of Krypton? Krypton. That's right. Krypton, which, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, all of a sudden I've got to watch Krypton now because no, the first
3: episode includes time travel. I knew that was coming, Pat. It,
2: it, it, unbelievable. And uh, I, I, I'm all... Adam Strange... And time travel, Krypton. I I, I got to check it out. So anyway,
0: and Angsty Jarrell.
2: Angsty Jarrell. Okay, all Angsty right.
3: Angsty Jarrell.
2: Uh, but yes, that's that's all I have. I, I turn it over to who's next, Pat. Pat. Yeah, that's sure.
4: And and if y'all look at your Facebook pages, you'll see an image of all six over-the-top collectible action figures with yeah. the arm wrestling table. Oh, the- <laughs> that is what I want to see. Nice. Yeah, that'll cost you about a grand in total. Dang. Um, yeah, uh, as far as plugs, you can normally hear me Sunday nights on the 411 Ground and Pound radio show here on the Radalich Broadcasting Network family with Robert Winfrey. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been on the past few weeks, some things going on, and not a lot going on in that particular uh, genre of sport, so you haven't heard much of that. Gavin Napier and I have been trying to put a cast together. Gavin Napier gets excited and then he drops out, y'all. If you're listening, get on Gavin Napier to let let's get something going here, so that you people can be entertained by how mediocre we think everything is, and how much we want to you just poop all over everything.
0: <laughs> and see and Waldorf of podcasting. What are we? I, I have questions here. Whatever happened to the Casual Heroes reunion minus me that his friends were so excited about?
4: That's part of it. <laughs> just, I mean, it, it, is that
3: part of it or is that done?
4: No, it, it, uh, this is on him now because he's the one who's reorganizing it. We did a teaser show that apparently got good feedback, and what the hell that joke? happened? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why it was never followed up on. I've asked, never got the answer. But oh, wow. whatever
0: happened to the Buckhouse Stampede? I used to, I enjoyed that.
4: He didn't want to pay for blog Talk time, and I didn't blame him. Oh, yeah, tell him,
0: tell him to download. The, the, tell him he can use my Spreaker account and use Spreaker and uh, be broadcast. Be part of the Rattlerland Broadcasting Network.
3: Uh, okay, so if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, Casual Heroes were a really big podcast. They were really good, um, and they talked about you know Pat. Pat, well, you were a part of the, the Casual Heroes. Um, Mark was on there just about every week. Um, Jesse, did you ever guest on there or anything?
2: Uh, I popped up on there for, I think we talked about movies one time and then that was, uh, that was, I think we were doing sports movie list or something. Okay.
3: One or two podcasts, but I always listen
2: to those guys faithfully.
3: Yeah. Um, I wasn't welcome. Um, but (laughs) we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. Um, but I mean, they had really good content, really good shows. Um, and you know, all of a sudden they're, they're gone, which, which happens, you know, life happens and, and, uh, you know, you have to, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, Hey, what happens if we come back? And apparently they did come back and we don't know where to find it. So, um, and
0: if, you do a show and no, if you do a show and nobody knows where it is or how to find it, or even that it existed, did it really
3: exist?
4: <laughs> I'm saying, right. no.
3: yeah, so, um, you know if if you if you're a fan of the casual heroes or anything like that you know go on their web you know their their facebook page and let them know that you want to hear from them cuz you know like i said they did some good stuff and and i wasn't uh, to be part of it this time and, and apparently ruined the show you mark you were one of my favorite people on there because you actually talked about the stuff that you wanted to talk about. No, no, you know, no.
0: I, am, I, I, am, I clearly annoyed one friend of Gavin. I'm never coming back. Now. I am
2: here.
3: To I don't this, know who that guy was.
2: I am here doing a podcast right now because of the Casual Heroes. That they are the guys that I listened to first. That made me recognize who Mark Rattelich was as a podcaster, and then I became part of the and Broadcasting Network. So you folks out there have the Casual Heroes to thank because of my ass coming on here and annoying you just about every other night.
3: I can't say the same, Um, (laughs) but you know, I did listen to them. Um, uh, They, you know, I I would be lying if I didn't say I was inspired by some of the stuff that they were doing. Um, Kevin, Kevin Smith actually is the one that inspired me to start a podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, I like (laughs) Kevin Smith, Pat, let people like things. Um, And yeah, he wouldn't be totally the Pat Mullen. It's don't, true. Don't. It's true. Don't that's why we love well that. Nice. So, so, so what, but,
2: yeah,
3: uh, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, no. no, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of those things where, like, if you're putting out good stuff and you got guys like Gavin, you got guys like Mark, you got guys like Pat that actually, you know, that put in the work and put in the content and know what they're talking about. Now, the Casual Heroes, their wheelhouse was wrestling. And I tell you what, I learned a lot and, um, and I really enjoyed listening to them talk about wrestling. Um, and, you know, it, we need a good wrestling podcast out there, man. We For got sure. a ton, we got a ton, but, you know, some of them are quality. We need a good quality, you know, if, if, if I had the money to start a wrestling, um, you know, a wrestling federation or, you know, whatever, um, the, to start a territory, I would put Gavin Napier in there, you know, first thing. I'd be like, hey, man, here's a salary. Come run it.
0: Tell Gavin I said bring back the Buckhouse Stampede. Because let's, yeah. Yeah. Ain't, let's Lugan no cowboy. All, All right. right so with that, we've, we've talked over it. Because let's move, yeah, ain't no cowboy. Right, Pat?
4: Let's move, yeah, ain't no goddamn cowboy. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness! Um, so with that, Pat, we appreciate you. Mark, hit us up with um, uh, one eighth of the schedule. You got it. All right, next week. So <laughs> all- <laughs> one eighth. You put a limit on your scheduling. <laughs> no, that, tell- that leads us into two thousand twenty-one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So this week uh, we had a loaded schedule for you. We had the many worlds of Krypton on Monday. On Tuesday, we had a re- uh, we got a review that you could hear everybody on. Um, for a Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, Robert Winfrey came back to us and we were joined by friend of friend of the show uh, by way of Canada, Mr. David Wright. Uh, he, he likes he likes giant robots. He likes monsters. He decided to come on and tell us all about it. Wednesday, Jesse, myself, and uh, the, the rambling man, the, the road warrior, the highway man, the, this <laughs> Dayton man, Robert Cooper. No fun Robert Cooper. He's you know. No, He's not fun time anymore. He's no fun, Robert Cooper. None time. Yeah, he's none time. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the bit we did. None time, Robert Cooper. We reviewed The Sword, and I tried to tell everyone that God is in the sea of green. Go listen to it. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. Um, speaking of the metal, middle- <laughs> You don't know what we saw, Ronnie Adams. You don't know what we saw. God reached out and touched the world through that song, Ronnie Adams. And if you don't okay. believe me, it's because you haven't heard the word. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: speaking mean, of the Hammer of Doom, uh, Jesse Jesse Starcher just uploaded uh, a rebroadcast of our second Baby Metal coverage. Already has a million views. I don't understand how that happened. Um, check out uh, check out our review of Baby Metal Resistance. Uh, we we tried to put up the we tried to put up the self titled one, but apparently there's all kinds of copyright issues with that, and blocked. it is blocked. Blocked world. Whatever I had on there was one of them was blocked worldwide. Dang, yeah, but you can still listen to it on Spreaker. Uh, you, you know, if you subscribe to the Rattles and Broadcasting Network uh, on whatever podcast app you you've got. You can get both Baby Metal shows for the price of one. Um, obviously, the screen, this show, the Screaming Boy uh, podcast, the Rise and Fall of Toys R Us will be up on the Rattles and Broadcasting Network as well. Next week, as I said, speaking of Toys R Us, it's all video games all the time. Monday, Jesse and I uh, will be talking about Injustice, the first six issues of the comic book based on the video game. Tuesday, Robert Winfrey and I will be reviewing the new Steven Spielberg novel adaptation, Ready, Steady, Go, Ready Player One. Loved it. Wednesday. Outstanding. Wednesday. uh, We're going to get in the Wayback Machine. On the Metal Hammer of Doom, and we're going to review the very, 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 very first Power Glove album.
3: Uh, nice
0: metal combat for the mortal man. We're going to check that out for you. And then Thursday, assuming Sean's not doing that Twitch thing or is awake having or a anything or having a Twitch, I don't know. Assuming, assuming Sean remembers his obligations to this network, we're going to put <laughs> we're going to put Tron on trial.
3: That uh, s- succinct enough for you, Ronnie? Ronnie. Absolutely, because um, I'm going to do gonna a short – Donnie. With Donnie. <laughs> I've been called that Ronnie, Robbie, Donnie, stupid. <laughs> call me Tony. Um, call, call me, me just, just Don't call me late for supper. I hate that. <laughs> um, because Because um, whether it's by myself or with someone, I'm going to be doing a quick review next week of Far Cry 5. Uh, far Cry is by far my favorite video game series, um, I've decided. Uh, just went through Far Cry 4 again, and now Far Cry 5 has just released, and um, Far Cry 5 is one of the best video games that I've played in a while. Um, it is based on, it's an open world of, uh, you know, side missions, bosses, the whole nine, um, and you are a deputy U.S. marshal who goes in to arrest someone in a militant religious uh, religious group who has taken over this county and, um, and is uh, basically kidnapping the people out of their homes, um, drugging them, and making them follow him. So um, it's based in Montana. It's the first Far Cry game to be based in, in the States, and so far it is magnificent. <laughs> So um I'll be doing a quick review on that. gave um, goddamn special agent. <laughs> Thank you Dusty. <laughs> um <laughs> so, I,
2: just, I just envisioned where that was actually said at some point in, in some kind of alternate history. Go ahead.
3: But with that, uh you can catch uh you can find Scream Boy on any uh, any social media, uh Facebook, just search Screaming Boy Podcast on uh, Instagram, search Screaming Boy Podcast, and on Twitter, at Screaming Boy PR. Um, you can find us on um, on t- uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, um, and the Raddy Litchin Broadcasting Network, which is on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, very excited for that, for for, for the network. Um, and with that, I'm going to say, for Totally 80s Pat, for Jesse Starcher, for Mark Radulich, I am Ronnie Adams, and we bid you a fond farewell and um, have a magnificent day. We, um, as soon as I can find where I am on my, <laughs> sweet Lord, what is wrong with me? Where's All the right, where's the we button? We are. Where's the button? We're out. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: the long run means protecting what matters most. At Securian Financial Group, we go the extra mile to understand the personal financial goals of our customers. We take a thoughtful, long-term approach to insurance, investments, and retirement solutions. Visit Securian.com for more information or to locate a financial advisor near you. Securian Financial Group, financial security for the long run.